Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. Joining me today on this August 25th, 2018 edition, I've got uh, James Galizio. Hello. Hello. We've got the return of Chao Min Wu. What's up? What's up? Uh, glad to have you back. And we also have another returning character, Kazuma Hashimoto. Howdy. Howdy. So it's good to have you. <laughs> yes, it's super late for you there, of course, since you're in Europe. But, uh, of course, it's much appreciated having you here. It's a very important reason, too, because you got to attend Gamescom uh, the first time for us as a site. So uh, I wanted to sort of get your feedback on how it was there. I've seen a lot of the pictures in the video. Of course, those were on the non-press days. Like I'm jealous of the fact that Gamescom has specific media days uh, as opposed to E3 where there's no such thing. Um, we get media hours, which is like two hours. <laughs> so it's not, not a lot. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, but... And uh, Gamescom is like twice the size as well of E3, so it makes some sense. Uh, but I wanted to get some of your feedback on some of the games you got to see. What were your thoughts of the overall event and what it was like finally, you know, participating with us as a site uh, covering the event? Well, participating as press for RPG site was really interesting because a lot of people already know the website. So they're like, oh, who are you with? I'm like, oh, RPG site. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know RPG site. So that was really cool, actually. That's awesome. I never heard that. That's cool. Yeah, that people, yeah, people actually recognize us. Um, and Alex actually mentioned that when I talked to him. He was like, yeah, like people, people in Europe do know us, especially in Germany, actually, which was very surprising to me. Huh. Um, oh, that's weird. That's awesome. So, so that was, that was pretty cool. Um, I've been going to Gamescom for like, I think five years since Far Cry 4 came out because oh. I was actually there with Ubisoft when Far Cry 4 came out. That's right. Um, yeah, because, you know, I'm never going to, like, escape being Pagan body double ever <laughs> Full in my disclosure, life. yeah. Yeah, no, there were still people in Assassin's Creed that were like, oh, it's you, Pagan Min. And I'm like, no, no. don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, it's definitely grown in size and the non-press days were just, I mean, they weren't the worst like i've been to anime expo like a, like a while and i also cosplayed there and i remember not getting past the the main hall in ax you know yeah um it's, it's yeah been terrible like, at times <laughs> yeah and like you can't get through like quarters and stuff gamescom doesn't have that issue like it's really crowded and air conditioning doesn't exist outside of the press area and the lines are really long but the queues do relatively go fast because I played Sekiro and I think I was in line for like maybe an hour and I got through. It was, hmm. it was very, very fast. Not bad Same for with Devil May Cry. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Even, even that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. I played Devil May Cry 5 during one of the press days. Like I did my appointments and then I like ran there. So <laughs> I was like, I like, I gotta go. Um, I mean, if you're really claustrophobic and you don't like crowds, Gamescom is not for you because there's just a sheer amount of people there oh in the press area. It's not that busy at all. I actually ended up getting a massage in the press area because there was like a spot for that. Oh, I'm so jealous. Um, massage sounds awesome. I had like I had like a really terrible migraine, so I ended up getting a massage. A Scott massage. Um, yeah, and it was it was really nice in the press area. Um, I, this is my first year being in the press area. So that was really, really did they, fortunate. Did um, they feed you? Hmm? Did they feed you? Uh, there are there are restaurants back there, yeah. And one of my appointments, they did give me food. Uh, CG, CD Project Red uh, gave me beer. Yeah, Polish so beer. I they always like, have Polish yeah. beer at any press event they do yeah. or E3. It's always Polish beer, like a, a fridge full of it. So makes sense. 
Yeah, I was like two beers in, like getting ready for cyberpunk. So, <laughs> Pre-gaming cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I gotta, I gotta get ready for this. Gotta brace myself. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, all in all, it was a really enjoyable event um, as press. But I did not go the last day. I did not attend Gamescom today. Um, I just chose not to. I didn't have any appointments, and I'm not dealing with a Saturday crowd because Friday and Saturday are the worst days. Oh, there's like they, they showed the crowd getting in, and there was like fenced off areas just to get people in. But we're talking like a hundred thousand plus people, uh, more than even Anime Expo, and that gets like a nightmare. Like I would not participate at Anime Expo, for example, unless I was press. And so the fact that now you get to attend Gamescom as press, I'm sure you would never want to go back to uh, the regular ways of attending that show. That's it's tough. No. Mm-mm. I mean, I, I like have my ways to like get in front of lines and stuff just because of like, History. you know, cosplay shit. But yeah. like, um, no, like it's it's the air conditioning. It's just getting my appointments done and then getting out of there because wow, it's it's getting really big. It's well, huge. Yeah, it's it's a it gets bigger and they need to figure out a way to solve some of those issues just like E3 has to eventually. So you mentioned Devil May Cry Five, which is great. It's out next March. Uh, Sekiro uh, looks fantastic. It's like a Tenchu game. I love the the look of it and everything. Um, it's not really the type of game that we'll be covering, but either way, like it still looks incredible. Like very fast paced, very kinetic. It kind of thinks it makes me kind of think like they took some cues from Neo, but you know they all, from software obviously no, has ab- already no, made no, plenty. No, absolutely not. None. It nothing like Neo Good. whatsoever. If it played like Neo, I would not. I would not be like into this. Um, <laughs> really, you're not a Neo fan? <laughs> yeah. I... I have a lot of strong opinions on Neo, none of which I will discuss in this uh, podcast. No, you're talking to the guy time. who always rants about that. We, I ranted about it last week, so <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It's, you don't need I mean, to explain. L- let's not beat that dead horse. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, Sekiro is actually so it's very fluid. I actually wrote a thread about this on Twitter because, like, I'm not covering it for work, but like, yeah. um, regarding its combat, it's nothing like the Souls game except for like you know the lock-on feature. Yes. which is just kind of like standard at this point. Instead, enemies actually have like an armor bar and a health bar. And when you knock their armor down, then you can instantly kill certain types of enemies. Mm-hmm. Or if you surprise them, you can instantly kill them. And I never saw the same kill animation twice, actually, which is really cool. That's impressive. There yeah. are heavier types of enemies where even if you sneak up on them to get like the insta-kill, it won't work. You'll need to break their armor down again and hit them like a second time. And those enemies are very challenging. Um, this gameplay is definitely more about finding your advantages on the battlefield and with items and using them at your disposal, especially these like trick weapons, I guess, with your arm, like the heavy axe, the shuriken, then there's like a fire cannon and whatnot. Oh, that sounds yeah, very nice. It's, it's really cool. And the grappling mechanic is really awesome too, because <sighs> while you're in like midair, you can grapple to the next point, so you can just keep swinging around. Um, oh my gosh, it, it's, it's kind of like really it's, awesome. it's like it's like Attack on Titan. When I played that game, it was so much fun because you can just grapple from place to place. Uh, but just like Attack on Titan, there's only specific spots you can grapple onto. Is that correct? Yes, and they are highlighted in green. Um, they'll actually be on your map. Like if you're looking in the direction, you'll see like a little circle. And if it's highlighted in green, then you can get there. But if it's white and it has like a little line through it, that means you can't see it. And if it's white, just like plain white, then it's too far away. And the closer you get, it'll turn green. Then you can repel to it, get on a roof, get on a cliff, a tree branch, whatever. Um, I played it um, and my boyfriend's playing it too. And he found a secret area that I have not found. Like I have not seen anybody else talk about this 
or like even have it in videos. There's this branch. It's kind of like a dead end by a temple. And I, I died because I couldn't figure it out. I was like, I guess this is clearly a dead end. <laughs> he jumped against the wall, was mashing X because he plays all the fucking Souls games. Like that's his thing. Oh yeah. And he managed to grab the ledge and he went into this cave and there was an enemy, I guess, inside like a hole in this cave. It was like an Oni. And his screen started pulsing black the closer he got to it. And when he was going to fight it, that's when we had to leave. Oh, no. So you got like the horror of meeting this character that you never get to fight until you get the actual game. Oh, my God. That's a story. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, but other than that, the game is incredibly fluid and very smooth. You have a double jump, which is really awesome because you can like double jump in combat and throw your shuriken and like dash away. Like, it's really awesome. Um it's it's how I wish like these new like modern RPG esque Assassin's Creed games would play like like very fluid and very fast but still having this really cool like stealth element. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just it's really just a, it's really just like a beast of its own, and I really suggest people try and get their hands uh, when it comes around. Like it's it's really great. Like it's it's very unique. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, it's not like any other from software like game that's been recent like i really can't compare it to dark souls outside of like visuals because it's not like that at all there's even like certain stealth mechanics like hugging walls or like line of sight with enemies and whatnot like it's it's very complex and very there are a lot of different mechanics and i think there will be a lot of different ways to play this game ultimately yeah so i spent about 200 300 hours in tenchu z for the Xbox 360. Like, I oh, love that I, game I to death. I love Tenchu Z. Oh, it's so, I mean, it's it's so underrated. Like, yeah. people, obviously, who don't get those games hated them. Uh, and I kind of get it. You know, they're kind of clunky. But at the same time, like, I fell in love with it just because it's, like, you definitely get to be a ninja in that game. Um, but the one thing I like the most is the fact that, like, the character customization stuff was so deep. Is there anything like that in Sekiro? I didn't know. If you they know. didn't show anything like that. No, okay. they didn't. They didn't show anything. I don't think you can customize your character either because I think the the main character is kind of like just like a specific there. person. Oh, okay. And that, yeah. yeah, that's who you're gonna play. And okay. there were no story elements that I found, but there were some like there was like a priestess wandering the area. Yeah, oh. there was a priestess, like a very old woman. There was also a note that I found that talked about like an enemy killing all of these soldiers, and if you don't, like, if you don't want to face death, turn back now and that's 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 where uh jake my boyfriend he found the ogre enemy like right there also shadows die twice is super apt because when you die you have the chance to revive once before dying and going back to your respawn point so you can die twice before you have to like go back to a checkpoint oh or you can choose to die go back and come back and use that again later like you can go back, you can use that checkpoint, like, like the whatever your body was at. You can use it again. Yes. Oh. No, 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 not that. Um, oh, like just like the the bonfires. There are bonfire, not really bonfires, but like statues, um, that you pray at, and those are like your checkpoints. But when you die, you can either choose to teleport back to the checkpoint, or to instantly revive yourself for a second yeah. chance. And then when you die that second time, then you go back to that checkpoint. Oh, okay. I wonder if there's actually like a real penalty for if you decide whether to go back. I mean, I imagine obviously you would go back if you're like, well, even if I do revive, I'm not going to kill this guy. So why bother? As opposed to like doing it anyway and seeing what happens. I guess it's maybe throwing your head against the wall versus just, you know, I need to prepare some more. Is that kind of yeah, like what I it mean, was? It, so I, I died 
once to falling and then I died and got back up again (laughs) against like one of these harder enemies. And I mean, the falling thing was me trying to find that secret area. And I was like, no, I guess I just can't find it. Like, whatever. Um, and then I died to fighting this, like, really... The the enemy that everyone was like, oh, environmental storytelling, and like, throws you off the ledge. <laughs> I died to him once. <laughs> I revived again. And then I switched my weapon as... Because I was like, oh, now I kind of know how to, like, strafe properly attack this enemy and, like, what I should use. And I use that to my advantage. And I killed him. Oh, so, Yeah. Like it's it's I think it's more of like the player being given a second chance um, just to use the information they've learned without feeling frustrated because you're really squishy in this game. Like you don't have armor, but the enemy does. And sure, you can use health items and other items instantaneously, like immediately get your health back when you use like a healing gourd, unlike the SS flask where you're like chugging and it's slowly going up um, just to make the game I guess, f- more fast-paced, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of that, like, uh, like Strider for the PS2, in that you're not going to just try to defeat the enemy by staying on the ground. It's that you're going to be uh, focused. You're going to be forced, basically, to stay up in the air, find a way to traverse around the enemy and use the environment against them. Uh, that's, I mean, it's clear from the first trailer that that was going to be the case, but it seems even more evident based on what you just said that, yeah, you're not well protected. You're going to be uh, taking a lot of damage unless you are up there. Um, is there, I assume there's like a stamina gauge. Is there like a grappling hook gauge or something like that that'll stop you from no. constantly using it? Okay, good. That's That would be annoying. No, and, so. and there, is, there is no stamina gauge either. Oh, okay. You good, can dodge good, good. You can jump infinitely. You can attack infinitely. Like, But it doesn't matter if you like go up against an enemy and they just cut you down in like two strokes like uh, yeah it's that sounds like strider too <laughs> so yeah that's that sounds like a real pain uh but it's great that at least that they're not going to make it unforgiving that was the one thing about the dark soul series i liked it's that uh no matter how difficult it was a lot of the time you could blame yourself for some of the mistakes you made um funny enough you mentioned falling off like i i've only beaten dark souls 2 out of the series i've played the other ones but just only beat two uh i'm pretty sure i died by falling way way more than i did actual by enemy's hands and so uh i wonder how much that plays a part like how many steep ledges uh cliffs uh bridges things like that are going to play into this because uh i imagine you're going to be leaping across these chasms like you talked about your boyfriend doing to get to these spots uh and it's going to be down to timing i hope that the controls i i i I mean you got to experience a little bit though i assume the controls are pretty tight because they'd have to be very tight very very tight like these are really excellent like i think they're better than the Dark Souls controls, actually. I mean, Dark Souls can be frustrating, so, so yeah, um, <laughs> the animations, especially. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I couldn't even say if I had iframes because combat was just so fast. That sounds like fun. Um, <laughs> sounds like so much fun. It's yeah, like it. It was really great. Um, so if a demo is ever out on like PSN or whatever, like people should definitely give it a shot and like again form their own opinions and figure all these little secrets out and fine tune like all these mechanics because there's a lot to do in this game. I think there will be a, again a lot of very different ways to play this and a lot of things to explore in this game for quite a while actually. Yeah, it's I mean it's clear that they um, took some inspiration from from their development of Bloodborne that was built to be faster paced. Uh, you know, doing it with a lot of the blocking and focusing instead on parries and stuff like that. Now they're moving into the next echelon where they're taking from their Tenchu games that they made before, mixed in with the Dark Souls 
uh, feelings because it's clearly like even some of the angles, cinematic angles are very Dark Souls-like and injecting it into something that's even way more fast-paced. So I hope this is kind of a uh, way things will go. But, you know, for a surprise announcement like Sekiro, it's coming in fast and uh, pretty fast that we're getting all this information, this gameplay, there's already a demo for it. It's exciting um, that they're not working on a Souls game anymore. They're focusing on a brand new IP like that. It's great. Well, they yeah, probably don't want to refreshing. be. Huh? Sorry, sorry, I was gonna sorry, say they, they probably don't want to be stuck making Souls games forever. I think no, that's what they, they, they said. Sad. They said the Souls series is over, so uh, that would yeah. make sense. Uh, obviously, it won't stop Bandai Namco from maybe getting another team to work on it, but I think that from Software has moved on uh, to something else. So Sekiro sounds like that's that's pretty great. But let's talk about something also more relevant to what we're covering. You mentioned it before. You got to drink some beers. How is your feelings about this, what apparently was a new Cyberpunk 2077 demo that they showed off? Uh, obviously, it was hands-off. Yeah, it was hands-off. Um, we got to watch a presentation, and I think it was the E3 presentation you guys saw, but with a couple of variations. This time around, we actually um, had the chance to see the male version of V in action, which I thought was like pretty interesting. Um they also showed off some of the character customization you can do, like the different origins, um, different like ethnicities you can pick from regarding like facial features and whatnot, how you can distribute your attributes. Like, did you guys see any of that? I personally did not have a chance to go see it, and James didn't either. It was uh, Natalie, Kyle, Alex got to see it. I for- I think Brian may have or Adam did, uh, but none of us here unfortunately have not seen it. But uh, from what they talked about, uh, sounds like it's that's what that's what they saw as well. Because what you're talking about sounds very familiar. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it it was basically that. But we there's like some variances in dialogue based on your gender, obviously. Um, I'm kind of mixed about cyberpunk. I think, I think these settings are really awesome. I've always liked this sort of like interest in like transhumanism and like classism through augmentation and like these sort of like socio-political discussions and like science fiction and whatnot. Yeah. It's always there. Um, it's always there. And that's in that yeah. genre. Yeah. But in this game and I this is gonna cause me to get some I'm gonna say something that probably a little controversial this doesn't feel like it's even remotely interested in discussing any of these like topics or Mm. trying to be deep or pertinent in any way it feels like I'm watching an 80s movie with all of the cliches and stereotypes from like I wouldn't even say Robocop but like um what's the what's the film that they remade and this is the only way i remember it, it... that the the lady had like three boobs or whatever total recall what's that recall. film total recall? Yeah, it, total it, recall. It, it feels kind of like like that like it it's very edgy it's very in your face and unapologetically so but it's also like needlessly i don't want to offensive is such like a word that people get like all up in arms about but needlessly offensive i guess there was a lot of excessive cursing especially like towards female characters like using slurs and derogatory language that was just very off-putting yeah um and when playing male v there was like a lot of homophobia directed towards him to make or to encourage the player to start an encounter like a fight 
Hmm. Not heard about this. <laughs> this is yeah, uh, this is something that uh, not not to cut you off right there, but this is something that I we ta- we've talked before on this podcast about some of the problems that CD Projekt has had. Um, it's especially like you talked before. We spoke before. I should say we, not just you, about some of the problems when it comes to races. Uh, and now all this information has been coming out lately about uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Clearly, the, the the source material that it's based on had some of this already. Like if you read the books, it had problems in regards to uh, you know directing this. Uh, but this was, as you mentioned, um, these were books that were written in the 80s. And so they didn't really get some of that at the time. Like that obviously was not much of an issue back then, or at least it wasn't as seriously regarded. People were just like, ah, it's cheesy 80s stuff. It's like, well, no, we've gotten kind of older since then. You know, we've understood, uh, you know, people want to play a particular character. Um, it's not, it's going to completely take them out of it. If you're constantly berating that person and uh, using homophobic slurs, uh, calling someone, you know, a, a, a woman, you know, bitch or slut or anything like that. Oh, no, it's, it's way worse than that. Oh, I, I, I imagine so, but I, I yeah. don't know if we want to go down, like, how deep no, it we're, goes. Yeah. I assume it's, it, it's way worse than that. It's, it's way worse. And, like, the thing is, like, you can have these, like, this 80s aesthetic and like touch upon these like cornerstones that are present within like 80s media but you could also like deconstruct them in such a way that it's more palatable to a more modern audience like that's not like without question and still keeping it faithful to the source material um i'm not trying to be like a harsh critic because again like I haven't played the game. It's not out yet. But based on what I saw, I'm not inclined to play it, despite the gameplay looking fantastic. And the engine is gorgeous. And also, everything about Natalie's article was, like, fucking 100%, like, spot on. Like, that was just ridiculous. I, I've lived in California for, like, most of my life. And people don't talk like that, especially in Northern California. So, like, I don't know, like, why that's even there. Um... Or why, I know some people were like commenting on her article being like, well, he has a translator, so maybe it's not like, you know, like up to spec. (laughs) Well, no, there were some NPCs like right next to Jackie that were speaking fluent Mandarin and their dialogue was perfectly translated into English. So you cannot tell me that this was not intentional on the developer's part to make Jackie talk like this to fit a racial stereotype. That's just going to be his character, unfortunately. I I just, I think that's really disappointing. I just don't get it. Because I don't know why they have to use emotional abuse as a reason for you to want to, like, act on something. Like, it doesn't have to be that way, you know. As you said, it's that um, you don't have to, like, just lay into people like that, um, you know, all these personal attacks to make it feel like, oh, I'm really getting into those shoes of my character if that person keeps calling me that, wor- that word over and over again. Like, I really don't like them. No, you don't have to do that. It, it has nothing to do with that. And all it does is just make it look like the writers themselves have problems. Like, it's hard to bring up these topics without, as you mentioned before, people taking offense by like that. By like, that. like, obviously, we're going to bring this up because I think it's important. And, you know, it's, 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 we're not talking about it. It's like this 800 pound gorilla in the room um, that, that CD Projekt community manager made the offhand comment is like, uh, you know, you want to guess my, like, that, that stupid gender joke yeah, that he uh, did. Yeah, the you assume, you just assume my gender. gender? Oh, like I read that, and I was at like the convention. I'll admit, I'm like, you know what? I'm glad at Gamescom, so I don't, I don't have to like think about this right now because like I was pretty upset about that because like 
they should know better, first of all. Like, they're a really big AAA developer, and if they want to allow someone to make those comments on their social media, like, I get it. I understand your stance on this, and that's all I have to know. And the apology wasn't even an apology. Like, telling someone, sorry to those who I offended, like, mm. like that's not an apology. No, it's like, sorry if they're sorry to those who like, read this. <laughs> God. Yeah, that's like, it's that's not an apology. Like, just be genuine about it. Be like, hey, like, we fucked up. We're going to try and rectify that behavior. At least be genuine, you know? Because, like, like you said, like, using this sort of, like, um, I guess, like, passive violence of calling someone slurs or attacking their lifestyle. Like, I get that, like, every day. Like, this isn't new to me. Like, playing this game, like, and dealing with all of this is just amplified in, like, my my reality. Like, it's not going to make me want to go and attack somebody. It's going to make me want to turn off the game. Because, like, why should I have to deal with that in a video game when I deal with that shit in real life? Yeah, you're, you know? you're trying to escape from like, all of that. And I think... It's, it's whatever. Yeah, I, I, know, I, know, I mean, obviously, I... I... <laughs> I don't want to like talk over these important topics you bring it up because clearly this is something that you can speak on way more than I can because uh, I'm I'm a white boy so it's not like I can really uh, comment on you know uh, the issues that I have had to face growing up but um, I will also say that I also don't really get the argument that they can't represent everybody in this game like it, it only has to be like men or women it, it can't you know it can't be anybody else you know like the the whole like. The whole issue with that, I think, is that, you know, all you have to do is is just have it at the very beginning of the game. Choose your options, your personality, you know, all these important, uh, I wouldn't say meters, but like these these options that you have. And you play the game from that perspective, you know. And anybody else who wants to play it the very, uh, you know, the, the uh, typical way, you know, just I want to be a straight white boy <laughs> that plays through the game like that. Fine, do it that way. But if you want to play, you know, uh, a homosexual man, a homosexual woman, anything, you know, just have them go through the game and play it the way that they want to. Because that's this is what they promised from the very beginning uh, with Cyberpunk 2077. At least that's what I thought was going to be the case. It's that you're going to be able to experience this world that changes around you. That's something that it feels like CD Projekt Red is just trying to be building to over these years. Uh, Witcher 2 wasn't quite there for them. Witcher 3 was just this big open world that they could finally have that cyberpunk 2077 was supposed to be like cyberpunk uh just straight up like you have a lot at your disposal they're taking all the best you know things that they've learned over the years to really pump it into this game and make you basically jump into this game and have the the type of experience that you didn't personally enjoy without someone you know like you said uh, uh, like it was mentioned you know abusing you personally and as you mentioned before like it would make you just want to turn up the game it's that that's not what you're here for and it's so ridiculous when i see articles and things like this about you know city uh, project shouldn't apologize for making that comment you go you know don't listen to them and i just don't get how anybody cannot have an ounce of empathy in their bodies to say something like that like how dare you how dare you that's that's uncalled for it's it's extremely immature you're acting like a complete child if you don't think that this is something that should be, you know, addressed uh, out in the open, especially for a, a big company like CD Projekt when they make a mistake like that. It's one guy, I get it, amongst this entire team of people, but they're also the, like, the public-facing person, you know. This is the person running their social media accounts, making an offhand comment like that that, for one, was not a good joke at all. Like, it, it was completely out of context, for one thing. It was just like, I want more guys. Uh, you're going to assume the gender? It's like, no, this that was a stupid joke. <laughs> Uh, that was just asinine 
And I, I was appalled when I saw that. I was like, they did this joke, and then just a few months ago, they made that, you know, that stupid uh, Postal 2 uh uh, God, yeah, that, that uh, yeah, the, the tombstone that just said, you know, the death of journalism. Like, there's this thing lately that's been really upsetting me is just that there's like this bandwagon of people attacking journalists with like a broad stroke. Anybody, there's an issue that one journalist brings up, and all of a sudden, like every every journalist is bad. It's something that they they go after like these bigger journalists from like sites like Kotaku and Polygon and, and places like that. It's like. For me, who's someone who aspires to work for a site that grows to be as big as those sites, I just don't get it. Like, you're not – you're attacking these people and thinking that they shouldn't be in game journalism because they aren't as good at them as you are or some bullshit like that. Like, you're not as good as these hard games or some shit. Fucking pisses me off because for, for one thing, it's like if that's an issue that you have with that person, I get that. But they're more successful than you are, and they worked really hard to get where they are. And so I don't think that's it's 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 fair for people to attack them for that. And I also don't think it's fair to protect these companies from doing uh, to making those big mistakes like that, because there's just no reason for them to make those comments at all. Because all you're doing is just offending a bunch of people, intentionally or not. Like it doesn't matter. That's something that you should be aware of when you're running a company like that. When you're running the social media. Before you get hired, they at, they tell you that you need to be up on these things, whether it's memes, uh, hurtful or otherwise, uh, you know, uh, you know, computer speak, anything like that. You're supposed to be aware of the of the stuff that you're saying. And all they did was just delete the tweet, the original tweet, and just say sorry if you're offended. Like, what? Yeah, the hell? like the apo- again, like the it's the apology that I think is like the most insulting. It's like they're not really sorry, and then again, that shows me sorry that, we're caught. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, and that shows me what CG, like, CD Project or CG, sorry, I'm so fucking tired. Everyone's like, you didn't even say the company's name right. But no, I'm tired. It's like 2 a.m. Like, give me a break. Um, sorry about that, by the way. It's kind of late for you. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, this just shows me that, like, their superiors, I guess, didn't think to handle this properly or, like, I guess, proof what this person was going to say because I've seen other companies give larger apologies for smaller offenses. Yeah. I don't know if it's just that it's their company culture that they just don't, you know, they don't put a serious thing about that. I don't mean to blow this extremely out of proportion, but I think it's important to address because otherwise they're going to continue to make these slip ups and there's no real excuse for that. I mean, wasn't the aftermath was they doxed a guy or something like that? No, that was reset era. They doxed the person that made the comment and uh, that's no, there's no excuse for that. Fuck whoever did that shit because that's not a good thing to do something like that to a person. They made a mistake. Yeah, you. You should not yeah, dox a person. Like that. No. Yeah, like don't don't retaliate like that. Like either way, this person will be held accountable for what they've said. Yeah, um, I hope so. You don't need to take vigilante justice into your own hands. That's kind of I don't know. Um, no, it's no. That's, yeah, whatever. That's not, a, that's yeah. not called for either. Like all because around, that doesn't no. help anybody. It certainly doesn't. But you know, I go ahead. I don't have too much to add to this, um, but it pretty much reminds me of, um, and Zach, you know what I'm talking about. Like earlier this week, I've been playing through Love Love, and I came across a section that was pretty homophobic, and I mentioned something on Twitter about that. But there's a difference between a Japanese game that came out in the early 2000s and a game that's being released and, well, being marketed in 2018 from a Western studio. And neither of those are good situations to be in, but it's just. The, like the atmosphere has changed considerably, and it's kind of concerning to see uh, CD Projekt Red not 
move with the times in it's, that sense. Yeah, and and uh, it's important to mention that as well. Yeah, it's about the time frame and everything, like you mentioned. I just think that you know, before anyone brings up like the stupid bullshit about you know, oh, they're censoring them, they're changing the artist's vision and bullshit like that. No, sometimes the artists can get it completely wrong. You know, like there's there's people that have written things uh, in the like even in Japan where the original material is like homophobic. Uh, or you know, just outright insulting to to a group of people, like calling people Nazis. I've seen shit from the games that I played from Japan that it's like, no, nah, they got it wrong. And it's important to point that shit out before they continue and think that it's okay to do that, because in any part of the world, there's always these issues. Definitely here in America too. Let's not be you know, let's not beat around the bush. That there's a problem there. I don't think like in my mind, as somebody who's played and reviewed a ton of games and been working for this site since 2006 when we first launched like we've come a long way in terms of matters like representation um that you know there's nothing there's no, no one's gonna like be hurt if you decide to do less of what you've been talking about Cosmo, less of like personally attacking people and outright uh, assaulting them uh you know and and harassing people like that's you can do things and make people look good and make them look strong without doing that shit. There's been plenty of Hollywood movies that don't get into that. You know, there's clearly some that do, but, um, you know, there's been plenty of, like, action movies and things like that that just, they don't have to get deep into the personal attacks. That guy could just want to, you know, kick your ass and just say, you know, come on, I'll fuck you up. You know, it's something like that. It doesn't have to, like, attack who you are as a character that you're playing as, you know. It's it's that it's that, that thing where it's like, you know, you know, this person just so happens to be, for example, like a homophobic man. You know, it doesn't have to be the case where it's like, now I got to call him like a cock sucker you know it's just like it's it's ridiculous oh yeah no that 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 did happen actually yeah like, i heard that oh, as God. soon as combat started everyone was suddenly calling like me a cocksucker and i was like mm, okay yeah all right yeah, i guess uh, <laughs> I was like, like you would you would kick their ass anyway because they happen to be a bad guy it doesn't have to be that way like yeah like there were like tens of thousands of different situations that you could imagine for this fight to start like it could even be like jackie being like hey like they have a lot of tech like do we just want to like I don't know, like, shoot them up and take their shit. Like, you could do that. Or maybe V's even like, hey, I'm, like, a greedy bitch. Like, I want everything they have. Let's fucking kill them, you know? Like, it's whatever. Like, it doesn't have to resort to, like, attacking someone's, like, sexuality or identity. Or I guess in this case, if I guess your V was, like, a heterosexual, which he wasn't in the uh, demo we played. He actually woke up next to another guy. So he was at least in a same-sex relationship or had same-sex relations with somebody before this, like, whole thing went down. So I was like, oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, this is, you know, this is this is not good, guys. Like, following this great moment where I'm like, wow, like, I can, like, romance, like, someone of, like, the same sex That's and I can see myself in this game. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, and following it up with, like, calling me a cocksucker and trying to like, like get me into no, a fight. No, I don't want to like, do this. Now I don't want to like, uh, w- yeah, if I don't, like, if I decide not to wake up next to, uh, if I'm a, if I'm playing as a man and wake up to a next, next to another man or a woman waking up next to another woman or whatever, you know, like maybe I don't want to do that if it means they're going to not have to, those attacks. Like what are they going to, what were they going to say otherwise? Like, uh, you woke up to a woman. What was that like? Because I don't have anybody. Uh, you know, it's like, what, yeah. what could they have come back with? It's just, it's, it's just so, it's so like, I don't know. It's, it's, Again, it's, it's, it's like the low-hanging fruit for that shit, you know, if you're going to do something like that. 
like you could come up with a thousand different scenarios and like i don't imagine it would be very difficult um <laughs> no. and i'm probably like people get like well you don't you don't write video games because i'm like what do you know well i run a shadow run campaign for a bunch of people so <gasps> fuck you um <laughs> <laughs> but um anyways like there are so many ways they could have like subverted these tropes or these like harmful like narrative ticks that were present in this type of media while still keeping it intact and i guess that that's what was kind of like the most disappointing thing about this um so i'm not really looking forward to what they're gonna have at least show more of because it's already started off on like such a wrong foot that i'm really turned off from playing this game that i'm not even sure if i'm gonna pick it up and it's really i guess kind of like I don't know, like, it's not heartbreaking because, like, it's just a video game to me. Like, it's not going to hurt me if I don't play it. There'll be other games, Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I could just play Yakuza again, and, like, (laughs) I can get into fights with people for better reasons, and no one will call me a cocksucker. I know. Uh, It's it's funny, because you mentioned Yakuza. (laughs) I just want to briefly say it's that, you know, people like, you know, uh, Yakuza is just, like, a very heartfelt story. It's like, no, he just kicks people's asses. Yeah, but, you know, that's the same thing that Cyberpunk can be. It can just be a guy who kicks asses, but also there's these touching moments in the game that don't have to go deep into, you know, someone's, you know, you know, personal uh, matters like that. It's, I just, I don't, I, I personally, like, it does, makes absolutely no sense to me that anyone would be opposed to these types of suggestions about the better way to go about doing these things. Because, like, what are, what are you left with? Just a bunch of characters calling each other, like, slurs and shit like that. Like, no, that's... I, I get I, like people might say like you know that's not realistic. They of course they would call them a cocksucker or some shit. It's like what year is this game take place in? You know, like even in the future, I assume there's way worse problems than someone's sexual you know affinity. Uh, I don't. I, I just. Or, I, or you could even say that maybe there's like different types of slang in the future, which would be kind of cool. Yeah, which sure. is adapted in other like. Like cyberpunk scenarios, like Shadowrun has slang, Deus Ex Human Revolution, like different kinds of like lingo and shit. Mass like, Effect, I, even I don't had know, them like, at times. Yeah, yeah, like like you could call someone something and you'd be like, "That's clearly supposed to be like offensive and rude to me." How dare you? Fuck you! I don't know what that means. Yeah, <laughs> like no, good like, day, sir. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to like dwell on it too much because we'll be talking about it for hours but i I do appreciate you like having that really strong opinion about this and like sticking by like people who do feel strongly about this like that really is great so thank you for that zach and thank you for that um everyone else who spoke up as well i appreciate that thank you so much Um, but we should move on to a better game a game that i had so much fun with like this was the best 15 minutes of my entire like gamescom experience 15 minutes is it devil may cry 5 devil may yep devil may cry 5 or as my friend calls it devil may ride so (laughs) great (laughs) no Uh, no it was so good (laughs) yes oh my oh no it's not no we can't we can't talk about this not now it's late i'll say something i'll say something like yeah, anyways. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I was streaming Devil May Cry 4. I said something and like my entire like chat was just like laughing so hard because I was just, I was really like about it. I love Dante. He's my man. But, Not a Nero um, fan? Not a Johnny Onvash my... fan? <laughs> um, my first cosplay was Nero and I was actually the Nero at the AX Devil May Cry like booth oh, at wow. the time. Oh, wow. So I oh, love wow. Nero. I'm sorry. Yeah, I had 
sword and everything. How dare you, Zach? <laughs> I'm sorry, um, I'm so sorry. Sorry, but I never played Devil May Cry 4. I, I played all the games except 4, actually. I, I did not like Nero, <laughs> that's why, but you know. Uh, wow. I beat no, 4, I'm... but you know. I mean, um, I think 4, 4 is pretty good. Um, 5, oh my god, the controls are exactly like 4, actually, so if you just like had recently played the HD collection, it controls exactly the same. And it's incredible, like, how they managed to take that clunky gameplay from, like, 4 and the older Devil May Cries and make it so much better, like, tighter and faster and more responsive. It's really something else. Like, I cannot say enough about this game to, like, I guess just, like, praise it because it was just phenomenal. Like, even Nero, like, as a character, you can kind of tell he's grown. He's more, like, cocky and self-assured, more like Dante from Devil May Cry 3, but not as, like, serious, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um... Like how he trolls like the like... first boss in the Devil May Cry Free. It's like, yeah, she's not taking this seriously at all. No, no, clearly not. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, Aniko was there. That you see her a little bit, and she's really cool. The new Devil Breaker system is awesome. So because Nero gets his Devil Bringer ripped off because you know Virgil's bad dad. Um, oh, of course. He has. Yeah, he has, like, the Devil Breaker now, and Nico makes them, and she's related to the guy who made Dante's, like, guns, Ebony and Ivory. So, these arms have different abilities, like, charge abilities and different attributes to them. So, you had two different types of arms in this demo, and there was, like, a green one and a purple one. I don't remember the names. I was having too much fun playing that I just could not, I could not process everything going on. <laughs> I was just losing my mind while I was playing this. Did you get to um, use Dante in the demo, or that was just something that no, you just, get No, just Nero. Damn, it was I just the trailer. Where, yeah, where that he like rides it on the motorcycle, he like pulls it apart, and he's like, "Yo, dual blades!" And I'm like, "Whoa, that's my man! I love him!" Like, yeah, that's even the Simpsons, so right? You know, where they like fighting yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking motorcycles. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. Just Nero's combos are mostly the same, but he now has like a jump and like a dash behind an enemy. He can still grab enemies with his Devil Breaker. One of the charge attacks was like this huge fuck-off laser that you would just fire around the screen. Like, it was so nuts. Um, I consistently got S's for like the, uh, like my, my stylish ranking during encounters. So like hearing the music build up as you're getting these combos off, like successively, like it's just, it's just an experience. Like it's so good. I was just, no, I'm serious. I was like losing my mind. Like, I don't know what was going on. I, it just feels like a fever dream. Like, all of it was just so good. Like, I think this really will be the best Devil May Cry, at least, like, gameplay-wise and technically, because this was just... It was nuts. I don't... Did you get to play Resident Evil 2 at Gamescom, too? Like, no, they um, Yeah, it was, the, it was the E3 demo. Yeah. Um, in, okay. in the area I went to. In the press area, it was Claire. Claire and Birkin. And the voice acting for Claire was pretty bad. Um, hmm. Well, they got yeah. new voice actress for because they didn't want to pay the original voice actress or whatever that sucks that, that makes me sad but yeah she basically right. voiced clear throughout like the entire series until elevation 2 or whatever it is and yeah, i think they also got a new voice actress they, again yeah um so the line for resident evil 2 was a mess because there were 18 stations right but it was sharing like um booths with other games and there were only two stations for resident evil 2 so the line was literally like six or like seven hours long Oof. Because yeah. it was like two people going in every thirty minutes. Oh yeah, that's yeah, thirty minutes. That's why it was nice uh, to be able to go uh, and 
the private area of Capcom's booth or anything, uh, especially because even then that line can sometimes was sometimes a pain in the ass. But we got to try a game right away instead of waiting. Like that's that's awful. But I I, I do want to at least you know on that note. Capcom has really turned things around in the past like five years or so because before, uh, like there was this long-standing issue where like a lot of members of the board would not let uh, you know any shares be bought of the company. Like they they basically would stay away from that. Like there was this there's this period where like uh, they would not split anything, but then they finally just opened themselves up more than they, before. And then they've got, like, these huge investments uh, coming in. And then, you know, I think it, it kind of all started off with, like, Sony investing so much money on Street Fighter V exclusivity. Um, but also, you know, the success of Dragon's Dogma. And in, Japan, in Asia, Dragon's Dogma Online is still doing pretty darn well, which would be nice if we got to experience that, too. But, you know, that's besides Yeah, like, what really happened? They were almost bankrupt at one point, And now they're just back with, like, top-tier games all of a sudden. I know. It's just because yeah. the thing is, it's just because also in Japan, uh, a lot of the people that worked on those games like the early resident evils still there you know that's that's kind of the japanese culture it's that you join a company after school and you stay there um obviously it's changed a lot since then too there's plenty of people that have gone freelance in a lot of these companies but uh for capcom it's that there's still a lot of very faithful people that still work there and they still know how to make really good games uh, as evident yeah. from what double my cry potentially can be definitely hitting a, a new golden age for uh Capcom, because within this like a year and a few months change, we're going to have Monster Hunter World, um, Devil May Cry Five. Um, when's Resident Evil Two Remake coming out again? Oh, uh, January. January. Yeah, so yeah. Resident Evil Two Remake and Mega Man Eleven. That's yeah, these guys are going to make my wallet go dry. Ace Combat Seven in January yeah. Two. I'm really excited about that game, but that's not Capcom. But still, I <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it's January 18th. But it, that's just the thing. Like Japanese gaming as a whole, it's because of how everyone was so concerned that everyone was going to go mobile. That we're still getting these amazing console games. A lot of it has to do with the success of the PlayStation Four um, and the Nintendo Switch, and you know, I guess part Xbox One. But you know, come on, let's be serious. It's for just Japan, it's crazy that. From basically next week until mid March, there's going to be really, really fantastic looking games coming out almost every week. It's like 2017 all over again. It's it's pretty, it's yeah. pretty great time. Um, yeah, just a ton to look forward to. So, but your Gamescom experience overall, Cosmo, sounds like it was pretty darn positive. Yeah, it was really good. Um, what was what was Alex I, like? <laughs> Got to meet him finally. Oh my god, Alex was so sweet. Oh my god, that doesn't sound like Alex at all. What so, are you talking about? What yeah. happened? What happened? Oh <laughs> is, god, is it because the house? Is it because the house? Maybe he's just tired. No, <laughs> no, no. We kind of like talked about like why I was out in Germany. And everything I mentioned my boyfriend, <laughs> and he asked how we met, and I told him it was through Resident Evil Six. Um, like I actually used to be like kind of like an influencer when I had a really popular Tumblr. Oh, influencers! You got to get out of here. I'm sorry, we don't accept influencers. We have a separate <laughs> line for you. <laughs> yes. Wait, um, and he like messaged me, you know, like um, asking what character I played, and he played Chris, and I played Pierce, and then we kind of like played games together from then on, like oh, you know, romantic. partners and shit. Yeah. That's awesome. And Alex was like, oh, you know, like if, my, if I have my like RE6 press kit, I'll send it to you guys because like it means a lot and you guys really collect stuff. And I'm like, yeah, because like my boyfriend's a huge Resident Evil fan and so am I. I don't really talk about it because it's like an RPG. Like, those RPGs in Resident Evil, like when you beat the game, you get the RPG unlimited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I, I actually know like 
I know like an absurd amount of like Resident Evil lore, like a ridiculous amount. Like I was even doing like lore streams people were turning into and like drawing fan art for and shit. Like, oh, like body video here. Like, That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm like, there there are lore reasons for the tentacles, guys. Like Oh, tell me explain. more about the tentacle lore. <laughs> oh, well, man. okay. So actually, no, anyways, um we're not that that'll be a long conversation. Um oh. No. It's legitimate though. I promise it's legitimate. But like we have like the chainsaw controllers and everything that were. Like, oh, limited. I remember those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, the thing is, is, I'm a huge... Resident Evil Seven and PSVR. No, we didn't do that because. Uh, oh man, you guys! Oh, that sucks. I, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm. It's sad because I can sit here and say I was a huge Silent Hill fan and played all the games and loved him to death, and then Konami killed Silent Hills, and then I'm, it's gone. Gave so. it the yeah, I was glad that Resident Evil 7 uh, uh, at least kind of uh, took some inspiration from Silent Hill based on like how much scarier it was, or at least it was back to the original Resident Evils where it was more like that. Um, but, you know, all the more power to that. I think Resident Evil 7 is... Uh, is <laughs> I've not played Resident Evil 7 yet, so it's still like a, a shame of mine, but um, I'm glad at least the Resident Evil 2 remake will be out so people can really appreciate that game because that is still... An incredible game. Even now, it just it holds up how fun it is. Well, it was the best classic Resident Evil game, I would say. Oh, that's not a stretch. I think everyone can agree on that one. At least it's not another. No, I don't. Evil well, some people like three better. You know? It's like... uh, do they? <laughs> do they? Yeah, I know. But there's I think some it's two and do. four for them. I think it's honestly my one friend. It's the uh, Resident Evil buff of my uh, friend group from high school says that 3 is probably his least favorite. He actually yeah. really likes 6, but no, that's because he also played it through on co-op. See, he likes 6. I don't know yeah. if I can agree with him on six. that. Hey, no, don't, do not start with me, because no. someone literally told me my opinion on video games didn't matter because I like Resident Evil 6. Well, I so, wouldn't say I wouldn't go that far, but it, it's not good. I didn't, I didn't yeah. hate it as much like, as I other mean, people did. Resident Evil 6 is the Doom 4 video games. Wait, no, I guess it doesn't. No, no, no don't that. be like that. Like, <laughs> it's, it's actually really fun in co-op. Like, it, uh, yeah, Res- sorry, okay. Doom 3. What I, like about, Doom 4. Yeah, what I like about Resident Evil 5 and Resident Evil 6 is that the game is as fun as it is with like um okay well not really that but like you're only as good as your partner is so you really have to rely on each other and i like that a lot like the ai is like shit whatever but is like it? when you're with somebody that's when the game really shines when it, when like, I, I, put, I put five over six if you're talking just about straight co-op though because that's a really fun co-op game i just couldn't get in six because it tried to be too many things at once that's that was my opinion on it well i mean okay so like each of the campaigns in Six, like, I totally get where you're coming from, but, like, Six's campaign for, like, Chris is very, like, super action macho, like, whatever. Oh, like, yeah, it is. And Resident Evil 7's DLC um, <laughs> for him, too. Yeah, uh, um, and, like, Leon's was more, like, scary, I guess, until a guy someone's turned into a fucking dinosaur, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, don't, don't let him don't, drive any vehicles, Dino Crisis style. Yeah, um... But yeah, anyways, anyways, my favorite Resident Evil game is Zero, so I don't know what you guys are talking about. Oh. I think I have the word. Yeah, um, oh. I won't. I, I, but I wouldn't say it's no. the best. That's the thing. I love Zero, but it's not the best. Resident it's Evil very game, different. And I can acknowledge no. that. I think. Yeah. I mean, I want to. I want to go back and play through all the Resident Evil games because I never. I, I didn't play a lot of those. Like the. Um, I forget what the episodic one was that came out not long ago. Revelations, revelations, and the other games that came out like on the Wii and, and stuff like that. Like those are the games that I no, want to get back No, don't, nope. don't play Umbrella Chronicles. It's so oh, bad. not that one, not the shoot. I'm sorry. <laughs> why, why was I thinking about that game? I've seen someone play it. It was absolute gar- dog shit. So I've, I've, played I've them. heard people describe I've it as 
a cheap knockoff of House of the Dead, but Resident Evil. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, but they also yes. changed some of the yes. lore too. I mean, you get like a different version of like um, a dude in Alexa. Was it? What's her name again? Alexa. But what, what, Billy? Are you talking about Billy? Because they actually changed his height in Umbrella Chronicles. They gave him a different voice actor, and that actually like really cheesed me off. I'm not gonna lie. Like I was mm. like, he was five nine. Why are you doing this to me right <laughs> now? Like seven eight now. Like, <laughs> no, he's he's five eleven. But like, no, everyone everyone had their height changed. Like even Chris grew a couple of inches, and suddenly Wesker was like six three. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's going on hey, right now. Hey, sometimes puberty get... hits late. Okay, you know, sometimes you just get these growth spurts <laughs> when you're like in your adult. Yeah, but when you're <laughs> when you're like 48 and you're dead with the T virus and you die, and then like you know you like, some grow. Some people get smaller, inches, some people like, get bigger great. when they get old. Maybe know? they're trying to promote <laughs> something, you know, you know, like a new typewriter you saw for Resident Evil Two. Maybe they're trying know. to promote like a basketball team with Resident Evil characters. You know, how, like you know, Cloud gets the Mako eyes in Final Fantasy Seven. Maybe he got like a growth spurt based on like the the virus you know yeah. it just it gives you it makes awesome. it taller yeah yeah but see that's what i mean about me knowing like copious amounts of like ridiculous unnecessary resident evil knowledge like i shouldn't know the characters heights and birthdays and like star science what's, what's and shit. i don't know why i remember this <laughs> oh, blood type? okay so chris and wesker actually share a blood type oh, they're but <laughs> they're compatible no it's, it's because no, because the, the fun thing is, is that Chris is all the positive aspects of that blood type, and Wesker is all the negative. Is it A plus A positive and A negative? Is that the blood types? No, no, they're both A. They're oh, both a. damn it! But, but Chris is them. like all the good shit. All the good He's shit. all like like courageous and like has like a strong sense of justice, and Wesker is like evil and manipulative and like obsessive and shit. Like it's all like all the bad traits. It's interesting. Yeah. Anyways, this is a RPG site. Oh come podcast. on! <laughs> like this podcast has never been on topic, not even once since oh, we started it. So it's, it's okay. We're talking about Resident Evil. It has RPGs in there. Yeah, we yeah. Talk, we we mentioned this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, good, good, <sighs> exciting uh, times all around. Next spring, early 2019, yeah. is going to be a great, a great time for all the games that you want to play. So, uh, going to be oh, a great time for everything time. except our wallets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and now that mm-hmm. Amazon's doing it with a twenty percent discount in favor of a ten dollar promotional credit that expires up to sixty days, I'm waiting for Walmart what? to sweep in and just can play steal the show. Use that? Huh? Yeah, I got sixty days to use that ten dollars off. Yeah. So the thing is, is that now uh, starting the twenty eighth, um, yeah, it takes up to thirty five days. By the way, to get that ten dollar Amazon credit instead of the twenty percent discount, it's only on select games. Kind of like the Best Buy Reward Zone credit that they do. Um, it's not on every single game anymore, every standard game anyway. They got rid of the collector's editions a while back too. But like, yeah, select games get a ten dollar promotional credit, and it's an it's a credit. It's not like you're saving that money like you paid just forty eight bucks or fifty bucks or whatever. Now it's like here's ten bucks to use on Amazon because that just means you're going to use it and probably spend more than ten bucks. So we get even more money out of you. It's a lot of bullshit, you know. Well, it's not like they have any competition, so. Yeah, uh, and I imagine they're still not going to ship games on time to actually get there on release date. I, I will just say, it just really drives home. Don't pre-order games and wait like a month or two, and then it'll drop in price like 30 bucks anyway, instead of 60 So, But uh, Zach, what if you want to talk about the game and participate with the discourse along with everyone else? I'll get a review copy. Because honestly, like, I don't, it's, it's like, <laughs> that's the, the joy of being yeah. in this gig. It's like, unless I get a review copy, I'm not going to bother and just say whatever, you know. It's like, I'll join the discourse uh, later, <laughs> you know. It's, it's not a problem. Um, and yeah. also, just, uh, there's plenty of sites like GMG and other way, other places that offer coupons. So that's, yeah, reason. you should not. Do I that. am glad that 
now that Amazon has been kind of axing that stuff, I've finally switched back to PC gaming because yeah. that doesn't affect me. <laughs> no, and now it's it's bigger than ever. More and more games are being released there. But yeah, let's talk. Sorry, go ahead. I'm not, I'll just say I'm going back to PC too. I don't plan to do like resubbing like my PS Plus and all that stuff because the deals aren't worth it anymore. <laughs> well, let's yeah. talk about some of the games that you can play on that platform, James. You've been playing some Undernight Inbirth EXE latest. <laughs> Not just me. Um, Chow has been kicking my ass with Fatista and pretty much anyone else that's um, challenged him. <laughs> um, so Undernight Inbirth is um, a fighting game. If the name didn't, well, it, with that name, it's either a fighting game or an RPG, but it's a fighting game. <laughs> um, it's from French Bread, who actually made Melty Blood, which is a uh, fighting game set in the Nasuverse. So Fate Stay Night, um, Tsukihime, and all that sort of... Well, mostly Fate Stay Night. I know that stuff I'm from Fugen. From Fugen. <laughs> That's all I know. Um, yeah, so... It shared one of the characters in the two worlds yeah. or whatever. It had, it had uh, what was that character's name? Shion or Elnum, depending on what yeah. you want to call her. Yep. Um, fun fighting game um, so far. It's an uh, anime fighter, but it does not actually have double jumps. It does have air dashes, technically, but it's... Um, got an insane tutorial, like super in-depth. Um, a tweet was going around just the other day where somebody got top three anime Evo or something just learned something new from the tutorial. <laughs> nice. So um, really cool stuff, um, really in-depth, really fun. Um, just came out on PC on the 20th, so a bunch of people um, that Chow and I know, we were part of this uh, fighting game Discord, a bunch of people from the Falcom fandom and some other fandoms got together and built kind of a discord for mutual friends and whatnot. And we've been using it a lot over the last couple of months. So that's cool. So, uh, yeah. And yeah. you also play the story mode too. It has like this visual novel type, um, kind of storyline. And people said there's a lot of characters in there that might end up in the next game or whatever. So, yep. Um, speaking of, uh, PC gaming where you can get discounts and whatnot. Um, it's actually, I'm not sure if it's still on sale, but it was on sale on Voidoo for like, um, 20, um, 26 and a half dollars, which is a really nice deal for how much content you get out of it. Like 20 characters. It has that nice meaty storyline and has all the arcade modes versus modes and pretty much everything you'd want from fighting game. So been enjoying it. Every character is pretty interesting. Like, uh, I, I was getting on <laughs> Chow's case a little bit for Batista, but she's really interesting because, like, half of her moves deal with charges. So if you want to combo her, her attacks together, you basically have to think three moves in advance at any given time just to make sure that you have your options for charge attacks. And it seems like half the time when you're playing as Batista, you're either in the air charging that way or you're doing a crouch block. So you can kind of charge for, for both the... uh um, four, um, four input or your uh, two input at any given time. Really interesting stuff. Um, I guess uh, Chow, anything you want to add to it because you've played more of it than I have at this point. Well, I mostly been playing against friends, so I can't really add much to it. I have another friend that completely destroys me too. So uh, Jan, or... yeah. Um, what is it? One of the guys that we know has played about fifteen hundred matches in this game. Holy and shit! He... And he couldn't even beat Yon once. <laughs> so he yeah. was like trying to beat him once and he just kept sitting there and it's like, nope, he couldn't win a single game against Yon. So it becomes a new thing for us. If we can beat Yon, we can brag about it, right? Yeah. Well, even like for 
for those of us that can't even beat you, just beating you once will be a bragging right with all your laser spam and your ball of death. It's like, man, Batista, oof. Yep, gotta learn how to play against Gal, you know? It's far <laughs> tradition with fighting games. <laughs> zoning. Zoning to the max. <laughs> that's a mess. That's a mess. I bet the I bet that's a real pain to be <laughs> So But yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I, I mean I do appreciate that. I have folks that I can actually play against semi-regularly because like I've been talking about the last couple of times I've been getting on here, like it's really nice having people I can at least play fighting games with because you're not going to get better at fighting games if you can't find people to play with. And you're probably not going to even want to play fighting games if you don't have different people that you can go up against and have like matches with. That's why I invited like other players too, because I want some people with like more in like everyone else's skill level. Because if I destroyed someone in the fighting game, they're never going to get better, right? Because, well, they will get better, but if you destroy them so bad, they're not going to learn anything. They're just going to give up, which is a disappointment because like fighting games are great, but you really do need to kind of teach people. And it's like fighting games are bar none, one of the hardest genres to really dip your toes into if you haven't played fighting games before. I've got like a big appreciation for fighting games. Like I have like this uh, distant uh, like fondness for them uh, and I try to play them. I'm just terrible at them. So that's just something I've come to accept. But I still enjoy playing them, even with that being the case. And it's like games like, for example, Dragon Ball Fighters that make it simple because they just kind of tie a lot of the combos into a button or two. And so you can really get into it. Even if you don't think you're doing much, you can still pull off some crazy combos. I think that's an example of a way to really allow people to, you know, get into the genre itself. You know, that's the big problem with a lot of like 2D fighters is that they're so convoluted and so deep that uh, it's really hard for somebody who doesn't have a lot of time to spend to invest themselves into a particular character, learning all the combos and reading the moves list constantly. But Dragon Ball Fighters, uh, like um, Arxis has done a, a great job in getting that to be an approachable game, which is important because it's obviously based on an extremely popular license. So it was important yeah. that they got that right. Oh, that the game killed three, me. Uh, yeah. yeah, the last three games Arxis has published have had that auto-combo strings that you can do yeah. by pressing one button. Um, obviously, French Bread is the company that did um, Undernight Inverse, so it's not exactly something you can attribute to them, but it's definitely a, a trend that's been going on. For it has an auto-combo system, too, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Auto-combo won't carry you far, though. Yeah, that's one thing I've really been enjoying about Undernight is it has a really interesting combo linking system where you can link pretty much every attack together, but you can only do one specific button input once per a combo, which is really interesting. So, huh. Well, you also play another challenging game, though, uh, For Honor, which I know went kind of free-to-play uh, recently. Yes, like this past week. yeah, these... Starter edition is still free, actually, until the 27th on Steam. So you can just download it, and it's yours to keep, which is nice. Um, I've talked about it in the past, how I have a bunch of friends from, like, high school and whatnot that are in a personal Discord of mine where we play a lot of uh, games together. And we are always looking for co-op stuff or competitive stuff that we can team up in to actually enjoy. So we've gone through, like, Overwatch. We've done, most recently, uh, Vermintide. We've done um, Heroes of the Storm and all sorts of stuff like that. So it's been really nice actually getting another game to add into that rotation. Um, And I've been enjoying it. Like, it's probably not a game that I would have paid full price for, but I'm Mm. 
like pretty much all my friends agreed we're probably going to buy the expansion just because we've been enjoying it enough and we're probably going to keep playing it just and add it to our rotation. It's, uh, I guess in a way itself, it's a fighting game because you have different inputs and well, yeah, it is a fighting game. It's just a yeah. non-traditional one. Um, one yeah. Really interesting. Like you have stances and you have to, like each character has their own attributes. Like the one I've been playing is, ah, I forget the name, but it, basically is a uh, fatter um, samurai um, one that has a spiked club that's really, really fun to play with because um, people don't seem to really know how to deal with him because if they use a light attack, I won't get stunned. So I wait for them to start a light attack and just do a heavy attack and I'll basically say, hey, that's nice. Just a little bit of damage done to me, but I've taken out like a third of your health bar with one of my hits, which is fun. But yeah, um guess i've been playing a lot of fighting games recently along with my continued journey through muv love you finish it um extra i'm going through muv love unlimited right now which is interesting um gonna be interesting also to get to alternative um, yeah everyone's really hyped about alternative but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I get to it. yeah i've heard a lot of people also say that alternative is overhyped i mean technically well not technically it's literally the highest rated vn on vn database so i mean eh, people like it i'm sure i'm gonna like it but i don't know a lot of people i do trust their opinion on things have said that it's it's good but overhyped so well that's a lot of things in general right everything's always yeah. been overhyped right eh, not umi neko <laughs> <laughs> but <Yes>. yeah <laughs> Well, that's, I mean, it, so a way more of that kind of stuff. I mean, it's uh, it's good to hear that you're finding these games to play. I assume it's just meant to be like a, a filler until a lot of the big games come out next month. Um, so it's good to hear. Uh, so for Chow, obviously, as James just said, you've been playing some Undernet in, we, in, we, in birth, excuse me. Uh, but you also mentioned you had picked up some games from Japan, and it sounds like one of them happens to be Valkyrie Chronicles 4. Now, obviously, that game's not out, speaking of which, until next month, and so we're not really going to get into it, but um, how, is your, how, how have you felt about the game so far? It did show up, like I think it was like at the start of the year in Japan. Um, I like it a lot, but um, some, some fans might be disappointed because it's basically like a Vicaria Chronicles 1 clone, because a lot of the features that, that they added in free has completely been scrapped, so they kind of reverse it more like 1. Yep, that's that's pretty much what I heard, and and uh, when they when they um when they put that out there that it was going to be heavily inspired by that, and after playing the demo that came out on PSN, it is definitely um it is definitely Valkyrie Chronicles one point five is what I kind of got out. Of. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, um, the biggest the best addition in this game is the new. Uh, Grenaders units, you know, they're kind of like a, a moving Motar weapon that you can use, and they actually auto attack when the enemies are moving too. It's great. I love that part. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. So they're like the most broken new mechanic in this in this game so far. Um, but yeah, I like it a lot. Um, I'm not sure you kind of miss it, miss those features from like free where you can like change classes with each character. I actually mentioned that during the interview I had with the producer at E3 that that was like I because I had um. People who don't know, it's that for on a YouTube channel, I played through Valkyrie Chronicles 3 and recorded it all. Uh, that was my, actually my second playthrough. But one of the coolest mechanics is that in the game, there's classes. Um, you become like the uh, the, um, the scout, shock trooper, 
uh, Lancer, which is like the guy with the um, rocket launcher to take down tanks and anti-tank uh, Lancer. Um, sniper, uh, engineer, and well, Grenadier, of course, is 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 new to this version. But so um, I think I'm blanking on one. But it's it's uh, the cool thing about that is that each class had their own uh, perks. Uh, for example, scouts have like this really long action bar, and what happens is that if you decide to run from one side of the map to the other, as you run, the meter ticks down until it depletes, and then you can't run anymore. So one of the things you can do is that if you're a shock trooper, which is basically like this short-range person with a machine gun, you can actually change your class to be a scout, pick up the perk that has them run for a long distance. Like in this case, one of the perks that the scout has is that when that meter depletes, there's a small percentage chance that that'll refill up again and you continue moving. So it just, you know, it's like an instant refill while you're on the same turn. So you can change to the scout as a shock trooper, pick up that perk, turn back to a shock trooper, and then you've got a long distance killing machine. And that is so nice. much fun. It's like it's like when you do like jobs and sub jobs in the Final Fantasy Yeah, because in the first game, scouts were the most overpowered class. They can just instantly just run to the enemy base, capture it, and just end the chapter. Right? Kind of what happens to be the case in this game, too. Because I did that during the demo. I'm like, oh, okay, it's still in this. It's, it's I, think we should, I think in this one so far, I think I like the Shock Trooper the most. I think they have a good balance between having high AP and like like massive damage. Right? Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's 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 the case. That, I mean, it, you can still like cheese it with the scout. I mean, I never did it that way, and I saw a lot of fun with the with the games. Um, that I don't think they've solved that particular problem, but I'm okay with that uh, as long as the story is okay. Um, it does feel like some of the characters seem to take after the other Valkyrie Chronicles games. Like they're like this one guy who's like pays attention to the, to nature and listens to the environment and everything. Like yeah, that was pretty much um, well, Falcon. So <laughs> I think his story is kind of interesting. It's not more about they're trying to make a Falcon clone. This guy's more like he was a coward at one point and now he's trying to live up to his mistakes or something, right? Yeah, boy, they they really leaned into that, didn't they? Uh, that Grenadier character, she slapped him across the face because he's a coward, but seemed to warm up in it with warm up to him like in about five ten minutes. So I don't know <laughs> how serious that is if she's well, already like, oh, he's a good the, guy. Well, you play the chapter after that. They kind of explain why she warmed up to him. So, oh yeah, well that's that wasn't in the demo, so that's probably yeah. Right. This came. It's just the chapter right after the demo ends. Fantastic, and that's the beginning of the game because if you play the demo, your progress carries over to the main game. So clearly, they wanted to make sure that you were playing the start of it. So, um, but that demo is still available. People want to try it out. Highly recommend it because even if. Uh, I mean, especially if you haven't played the series before, it's a little bit more faster paced than Valkyrie Chronicles 1 is. A lot of people can't get over that starting hump of the first game because it's really draggy at the start of it, really slow. Uh, and then it really starts to pick up about, I'd say, a third of the way in. So in this case, though, it seemed to be way better at that. Like, you're already in the thick of things in the demo itself. So I think when I played the first one, I dropped it after two hours. Like, oh, this game is like dumb and stupid then later on i'm like i'm bored i got nothing to play and i like beat it in two settings so addicting once you get a certain part right yeah i mean three i think is the best one so far i just had a lot of fun with that game there's a fan translation for that one um it has not been obviously officially translated though i hope one day it does show up on pc um but this is just something that like i got a chance to try out and i i loved it for it like best characters too but Valkyrie Chronicles 4, that'll be out at the end of September, I believe. So um, something to look looking forward to. And besides that, though, you've been playing some more Azure Lane. That 
of course, came out on mobile a couple weeks ago. Uh, how's that been for you? You do, you wait, you know way more about that game because you played the Japanese version. I did not. Yeah. So, um, well, put a little bit. Do we need like a little background for this game? Uh, it's a Kentai Collection competitor that did it better. Yeah. <laughs> That's, it's yeah. but it's not like a you know it's not like a strategy game in here. It's more like a a shoot 'em up, right? You know, it's like yeah. It's, but most of the time, people just use auto battles in this game, so it's like well, I'm not really controlling my ships anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 like you're moving up and down, and you're like dodging back and forth. It's really awkward controlling it with your finger because it's not they're not doing what you want them to do. They're like moving with the current. It's it's a little bizarre, but um, but yeah, there's the English version that just came out. Um, the English version is a lot different than the um, than the Japanese version because the Japanese version has a lot of balance change. Because I don't know what's up with Japanese developers in general. You know, they want to make the Japanese version more grindy for no stupid reason you know yeah i don't i don't uh, it's it's it does feel like there was some there was a bit of a scare going into this that um i guess it must have been from the beta that the english translation was really awful like it was it felt like it was machine translated um there's still a little bit of that but for the most part it seems like it's still it's very well done um they must um, have fixed whatever problems they yeah they got like several patches that actually fixed the translation because i wrote like, there's a guy that I just put up in RPG site, and the reason why some of the translation was kind of weird, because the first translation I used was based on the first launch of the game, where they suddenly changed the words to more what the fans now call certain things now. So, you know, it's like, they did fix up the translation a bit. Yeah. yeah. They, like, they, um, what is that term? Uh, re- retrofitting? You know, where you use blueprints to change your ships. That thing is actually called Improve in the first version of the game that on the English beta or whatever, then all of a sudden they changed it to retrofit because that's what the fans have been calling it for the last year or two, right? So they're just common sense-wise, they're like, let's just go ahead and call it what it was supposed to be? <laughs> yeah, because it's like, why change the translation when the fans have been using this term for the last year and a half, right? Oh my god, yeah. So they, they, they some foresight on that stuff, so that's good. But yeah, like um, other background checks is like this game is actually really simple to play. It's a very generous game. Like um, just logging in, doing your dailies, and you kind of get what everything you need. Like I got, um, I probably got all the units that are super rare in the Japanese without spending a cent on like other gacha games that you probably see, <laughs> like Grand Blue Fantasy, which um, I, uh, which yeah. has a a promotion going on right now. Have you have you been playing that? I uh, what's the promotion? Um, well, side games help. Ported the um, Zone of the Enders two for yes. So uh, and... sorry, I didn't know which one you're referring to. So yeah, apparently as part of the fact that Zone of the Enders, the second runner Mars, uh, which is the PS4 version of the game, it'll be out on uh, in, in next week actually, which is like a, 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 like um, a little over a week from now. Um, it, which is exciting because I'm really damn excited about that game. Like, I got picked up my pre-order as soon as they announced it and put it up the physical release on Amazon. But in any case, um, as part of the promotion, they're just giving away a free SSR version of Jehudi as a summon. And one of the coolest things is that you can actually change. Not only can you just change your home screen to a, a, the to Jehudi, uh, which is the the robot. Uh, people don't know it's the gear that um, that that's the star of the show. Um, you can change it. Jody animates like there's like this blue like pulse that goes through it, which is really cool, and its little jets uh, also uh, are flamed on. Um, but they also changed the music to the Zone of the Enders two theme song, 
was it Beyond the Boundary, I think it's called? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, which is a great theme song, by the way. And also, like, as, when you summon Jody during battle, like, the music plays there, too. So it's a really neat thing that they did. Um, and like I said, it's it's only free for a couple more days, but it's free. So anyone who's playing that game now, just go grab it. And if you are not playing it, uh, speaking of guides, I did a guide to help people install that game. You can either get it through the app or just play it through your browser. Like it takes only a few minutes to get that all set up because it's in English. And it's also like, also talking about English translations, it's extremely well done English translation because they hired a lot of people over here in America and elsewhere that are really good at their jobs and know and do a lot of research when they did it. Uh, so like everything's very authentic and you get day one updates as opposed to like big grand order. For example, we have to wait months to catch up with the Japanese side of things. Like we get to experience a lot of those promotions immediately like this one, but also like the recent, there was that love, Live sunshine one, the persona five one, um, Detective Conan was not too long ago. There's a lot of that stuff, and there's some other stuff coming up soon here. So, like, that's that's a drag other people to the gotcha hell, but that's that's a, that's an example uh, of some the motions. That's kind of what drive the people in, right? Yeah, I mean, come on. So, yeah, that's that's a, that's a pretty neat thing. But Azure Lane also super generous. Um, Kazuma, I know you play a ton of gotcha games too. Like, uh, are you still playing oh Star Ocean actually? <laughs> Because I kind of give yeah, that up. Yeah, I have every single five-star character, okay? Oh. You god. sound depressed talking about it. Oh my god. No, I, I didn't spend any money on this game. I don't. I spend money on a dress-up game, but not on this game. Yeah, that, <laughs> hmm. So, uh, yeah. yeah um, the, the rates are very generous in Star Ocean, so... Um, yeah, I have every single five star, including the limited ones. I know uh, Beach Raimi just got released, but I'm waiting for her wedding dress variant. Of course. So if I don't get her on my free roll, then I'm not gonna fuck with it. No. But I did play Grand Blue for a day, and then I that character I showed you, I rolled her, and then I was like, okay, and then I uninstalled it. Oh come on! You're going with like the good one. I mean, I I, I hate I, I like to uh, tout it so much, but like I love Grand Blue Fantasy. Like it's so nice to be able to play through a storyline and not have to spend gems or stamina or some bullshit and just experience it that way. I will say at least that like they had like a week or so where you got like uh ten rolls for free, like a bunch of uh ten rolls on characters, and my luck was like a roller coaster. Like there's some days it was just dog shit. Some days I got some good stuff, so it's part of the perks. See, the reason I'm not super keen on Grand Blue is that when you do like a ten pull, you're not guaranteed a like five star character or whatever, and like every other gacha I play is like that except for like Grand Blue and Onmyoji. And that's kind of why I like let myself have like a big lull with Onmyoji because they kept having like special event characters and you do 10 pulls but there wasn't a guaranteed SSR and then I thought playing for a month I'd come back and I'd get an SSR and a free roll and I'd just be like okay I get it you don't want me playing you all the time um, <laughs> that's it reminds me of a game called Battle Girl High School that I covered for the site yeah. a while back that they used to do that and then when the anime was about to come out they decided to revamp the game where they took away the fact that you got a, uh, a one at least one four star which is the, the top one one four star mm-hmm. character and instead you only got the chance of it and if you did it you got a ticket uh, to try again, and almost always, I never got a, fi- a four-star character, no matter what I did. So that really put me off the game. I still have it installed. I still play it almost daily, but still, like, that's an example of them changing the rules for the worse. And I think that turned off a lot of players. Still a super popular game. I think that game is like 20 million players right now. So it's still pretty crazy. Ooh. But in that's any case, awesome. gotcha games. 
uh, it's it'll eat you alive. <laughs> so you gotta be yeah, they, yeah, they really suffering. they really get you, you know. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm uh, suffering right now in Grand Blue yeah. doing this guild war <laughs> thing. Life. Uh, I feel like the only clean one here at the moment. Oh, um, stay away, guy, stay far away. Says the guy playing a bunch of visual novels. <laughs> I don't think you can be clean either. Um, and they're not well, Mabla. The first parts of dating sim, but. Mm. James, you're not clean. Don't worry about it. We know you're not clean either. These hands, those, your hands are just as dirty as ours. All right, my hands are the dirtiest. Unfortunately, uh, but, yeah. clean yourself up. Get a towel. Um, yeah, I, it's funny because we got like the most. This is probably the most focused group of people that have are into these types of games that you're going to see in anyone else on the site. So yeah, it's kind of a nightmare here. Uh, but let's. As far as the games I've been playing, not much. Uh, I reviewed Shinmu One and Two. Uh, but I'd already played... Actually, the reason I, I, I turned around the review fairly quickly is because I'd already beaten the games uh, a couple years ago, both of them. And so I was able to like speed my way through both of them. Like That wasn't my prime concern. It was more just seeing the changes that have been made. And boy, D3T did an incredibly amazing job on bringing these games to PC and to, P- uh, to current consoles, of course, as well. Like they, they just blew it out of the park. So... so- I own the game on, uh, I own Shenmue 1 on Dreamcast and Shenmue 2 on Xbox, of course. Uh, I still have my Dreamcast, it's in my closet back here, so I played that version. And then, um, Shenmue, the original Shenmue was backwards compatible for the 360, so I got to play that version as well. That's, that's how I played them. Um, the biggest problem though back then was that there was a lot of, uh, aliasing and shimmering. Um, I did my research on this, uh, like for example, Eurogamers got, uh, which is Digital Foundry as well, of course, they did this insanely awesome in-depth look at what changes were done, uh, because I'm not completely up on my technical know-how, but I mean, I still completely understood like the changes that were made. Basically, it's that like even on my monitor, which is a 2160p monitor, um, I was able to like play through the game and I saw absolutely no hints of any aliasing, everything looked extremely smooth, uh, incredibly well done. Uh, all the textures were highly detailed, even off in the distance. Like, we're talking back on the Dreamcast, like, you only go, like, 10 feet ahead, and then all of a sudden, all the quality drops down significantly into everything's a kind of a blurry mess off in the distance. That's not the case here. Like, you can go pretty far without worrying about that. Another big problem was that in Shenmue 2, uh, I think it was on the Dreamcast, uh, excuse me, on the Xbox version, the Dreamcast didn't have this, but in the fight scenes in uh, Shenmue 2, they added motion blur, which was disgusting. <laughs> like, it was awful. It made you, made you have a headache. Why? I don't know, because that was the thing at the time. Uh, it's like type 0 levels of just a nauseating uh, motion blur. I don't know. I, I like motion blur. That's still a thing. Motion blur is awful. Um, it's terrible. Yeah, it's still a thing, but it was way more... Like, it was like that in Bloom was a big thing back then. Um, I think the only games that I actually like the motion blur effect in them is probably uh, the Souls and Bloodborne series. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll give you that. But, like, for me, I just turn that shit off immediately. Like, I do not care about motion blur whatsoever. Like, unless it's, like, a racing game or some shit. Like, I still don't like it because it's, artif- it's so artificial looking that I just don't like it. Like, it does nothing really looks like that in real life. It's just so video gamey that I don't I don't like it. Um, so, uh, in this, they took that all out. You do have uh, the option for some bloom, speaking of which, um, which does add some life to the world. Like uh, it really makes like the sun coming through the windows really pop, uh, which is nice to look at. Even like the effects on the water, it looks really nice. So even like a little touch of that uh, really adds to the game itself. Um, 
But the problem is, is that, of course, that there's still a lot of problems with audio quality. It's still super low. Uh, and the um, pop-in, that's still a big problem with that game. Uh, like, you're walking along and you just see people just popping in here and there. Texture sometimes, too. So that's that's still the issue there. They clearly did not have the qual- the the source for that to clean it up. Uh, but of course, they would if they wanted to, they would have to like redo all the voices. And you just don't do that to Shenmue. You keep the voice. Mm. You keep. But the when's voice. the problem be solved? Are you playing like Japanese voices because the quality no. or the source was much hell higher? Hell no. no. I, I can hear myself, and I'm glad because that's an echo of how hell no I want to say it. No, you wow. play the English version. That's the way to play it. Because the voice acting makes that game so special. <laughs> that's that's how I, I used to be it. Chinese. Just like no, I don't care. You play English, even if you speak Japanese or Chinese. You still play. You still play the English version, no, and you experience like... it the way it's meant to be experienced <laughs> with the worst voice acting of any game ever. Um, I just uh, that's that's the why that's one of the things. This is why I scored it the way I did. I gave it an eight out of ten. Uh, one of the big reasons is because there's just something about how like I think Alex even called it this. How much of a flawed masterpiece it is because uh, <laughs> it's clearly got huge problems with it. It's very clunky. It's kind of like, reminds me of, like Deadly Premonition in a, in a sense. Is that there's some huge problems, some very glaring, obvious problems with it, but there's just something about it. Something amazing about it that you want to like really get behind it, and you know for what it was, Yu Suzuki really pulled off something uh, highly ambitious. And even if there's still problems with it, especially now that's it's way more obvious, especially now that I'm older and I understand the problems with it. Even if I have played it obviously since it first came out a few times, um, it's it's just that there was nothing quite like it at the time, and there's nothing like it ever since. And I even mentioned this in my review too that you know there's no one. There's very very few people nowadays that could get uh, that that uh, that would able to like um take uh, they were able to do something like this you know they were able to like a person given a huge budget to make something that they want to make like the only other there's only a few other people one of them is like Hideo Kojima where like you know they get away with something uh so uh, impressive like they're given a gigantic budget that can't compare like back then it was the most expensive game ever made and it's clear the, the why that's the case. Uh, and, you know, we got Shenmue 1 and 2 right here. That was supposed to be part of a much larger series. And Shenmue 3 is supposed to be out next August. Uh, that was part of the news. But, like, August 27, 2019, it's going to be out. And uh, right there, it's like, this is a game that's that's supposed to be coming out. It's definitely not going to be anywhere near the scale because they've got a fraction of the budget, a tiny fraction. Uh, you know, let's be honest here. And But Yu Suzuki is like, you know what? We'll put this out. We'll have a bunch of more games coming because the series will move on. We'll go on after this. It's like, great. We're going to be left on another cliffhanger that's going to take another like six years to see the conclusion of or whatever it happens <laughs> to be. Um, but I just want to say, you know, Shenmue series uh, is very near and dear to my heart because, you know, Dreamcast, that was the system that I pre-ordered my first ever video game, Sonic Adventure 2. Uh, so I've got like a very soft spot for it, and Shenmue was just this amazing game at the time that was there was nothing quite like it. Like I grew up in the '90s, where I got to see the transition from 2D games to 3D polygonal games, and then this game came along and just blew it all away. And I I, I just loved it for that reason alone. And I think that some of the weird quirks about it, like the voice acting, uh, I just find charming uh, and, and endearing in a way. You know, it's just it's something about it. So I love that. Uh, I also um, I also. I was gonna say, um, there are some licensing issues that they couldn't get for the remastered. Do you know what that is? Yeah, someone the, put there was just like, something. 
it's just a coca-cola it was like they had like timex watches and coca-cola uh there was just that was about it you know as far as licensing is concerned it was just the product placements mostly oh yeah i don't think there's anything else in licensing though like they got all the voice acting of course so there's no problem with that it's just products but but i think that was already kind of a thing already maybe on the xbox version so whatever you know like i don't care about that stuff like as long as they brought the game over i don't care about particular licenses like it's not like coca-cola products made the game or something it's it's it was just this thing where you came across a soda machine and decided to pick it up so uh i don't know of any other problems besides that though and i beat the game so i don't know mm. if they're referring to you no know, you talk about shenmue 2 and my first thought oddly enough goes right to lisa the painful because they use a sound clip from shenmue 2 for a song in that <laughs> game so i'm like uh, hearing it in my head while you're talking about shenmue, lisa the like, painful uh, uh that was like one of the first podcasts you talked about the game i think wasn't it like you mentioned that before I, yeah i love lisa the painful <laughs> but <laughs> Uh, it's a good game. It's a, it, no Lisa is a great is a good game a great game you can say um, which I hope they put out another one of those but uh, Shinmu is also <laughs> so I also um, beat Dead Cells. Uh, Ooh. Which, yeah! <laughs> uh, holy that. shit, that game is super hard. <laughs> I beat that earlier today. In fact, uh, I've been kind of I wasn't really talking about it on Twitter that much because like uh, it would just uh, be me fiasco. complaining a lot. <laughs> so yeah um i got i was able to beat uh the last boss which is insanely difficult um and i got away with it because i had a couple different equips on me like i had already upgraded my stuff to a pretty high degree like my damage output was insanely high because i was able to survive a lot of the boss battles a lot of it shoot through sheer luck. This is kind of like Dark Souls. Like, I got through a lot of stuff in Dark Souls with sheer luck, uh, if anything. But I had, like, this one that would um, throw, like, saw blades on the ground. So every time the boss ran over it, they took damage. So I, I would spend most of the battle just rolling away from the boss as they ran over these saw blades and just took damage that way. So that was great. And another one that made them slow. So I would, like, I would drop the saw blades cast slow on them through like a grenade or something like that and then they would just take a ton of damage just just trying to get to me you know just trying to drag the way towards me um so that that was pretty fun the enemies i had to be supremely careful especially at the towards the end because they get insanely aggressive on you and so um making my way up the clock tower for example there's a lot of pitfalls uh, so I had to be very careful around that, but the enemies would knock me back sometimes. So like I would magically find a ledge at the last moment before taking a ton of damage. You don't instantly die if you fall off a pit. You just take like a chunk of it. Um, and of course, like if, if I would give any suggestions, it's that focus mostly on your health, like the the mutations and stuff like that. Like there's one that gives you 30% health. That's like very very good. Um, and uh, that's kind of what I focused on was mostly damage output and health. That was like the two big upgrades I had, but I was able to beat the game, uh, uh, with a tiny bit of health left. Um, but it was, it's such a, it's such a great game like that. It's a, it's probably one of the best roguelikes uh, of its kind to come out in years. And I just can't say enough good things about it. So I highly recommend trying that game. Anyone is interested. Great luck fantastic soundtrack like uh, that's the type of music i would listen to on my own which i probably will so uh, i can't i can't like i said i can't say enough good things about that people should buy dead cells but let's go ahead and uh on that note get into the news 
because I just can sit here and talk about indie games all the time. Um, so the big piece of news out of this week, as far as us as a site, because you know we're all about the uh, the you know the big hallmarks of the genre. Like that's the thing, of course, that we all appreciate as a, as an RPG site. Um, so Gunho Entertainment brought out the news that. Uh, riding out the success of Grandia 2 HD that came out, I think, like two years ago. It's been a while. Um, that they have gone ahead and announced that the original Grandia is getting an HD remaster as well. So what they're doing is that um, they're bonding the games together and putting them out only on the Nintendo Switch as far as consoles are concerned. Kind of a shock. Like, There's no word about it coming to PS4 or Xbox One. It's only for the Nintendo Switch. This will, of course, be the first time Grandia 2 has come out on the Switch as well, or any console. It's only been on PC up to this point. Um, but, of course, Grandia 2 HD already exists on PC, so they're releasing Grandia HD on PC as well. So that was kind of the big piece of news here. They're not really talking about what changes have been made. Um, other than I just they just said it's going to be a combo pack, there's also no word on whether there'll be a physical release so far. Uh, Gunho just said, you know, we'll have news on that later. Uh, they also didn't really give a release date for either uh, for Grandia HD, but I'm just gonna say like they put out a screenshot, which was kind of silly because they put a they, like I think it was yesterday they put out a screenshot of one of the scenes, which is from the second disc of Grandia, so it's kind of a spoiler, but it's from the also from the opening, so it's not quite either. But someone pointed this out in our in our mentions on Twitter. It's that it looks exactly like the screenshot from the from the manual, the PlayStation manual of the game. Um, the problem is, if you look in the PlayStation manual, I think it's like on page 12 or 14. It's the background uh, of, of an image that has text on it. So I, I looked up the Sega Saturn manual uh, of the game uh, that was only... That, that version was only released in Japan. Uh, Working Designs brought us the PlayStation version. So the Saturn um, version... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it was yeah. Uh, someone else, actually. Uh, was it just Sony, maybe? I don't know. But um, so the Sega Saturn version... Um, I think it's like the fourth page. You can see the picture clear as day on that. Uh, it just looks like they turn up the brightness settings on the on the supposed HD image they put out. So people are a little like kind of taken aback because you know if all you're gonna do is crank the brightness, like that takes away from the mood of the area. So it's probably not the best thing to put out a static image of what is a CG cutscene. Like this is an actual like CG cutscene in the game, like it's full motion. So like that stuff doesn't really tell you a whole lot. Like that's just okay, cool. You have a computer-generated graphics, you know, tell us what it looks like in the game itself. On YouTube, you can actually look like a side-by-side -side comparison of the PlayStation and the Saturn versions of the game. Saturn version actually looks better, even if it came out, it was like the first version of the game came out, it was for Saturn, then it came to the PlayStation. It's because there's this whole thing about how Saturn, how Sega couldn't give up 2D gaming, like they thought that would still be huge at the time, so they decided to kind of split development, where some of it would go to 3D development, some of it would be 2D. So you have some of the best-looking 2D games ever put out at the time. Like you had Princess Crown, Dragon Force, Albert Odyssey, Magic Knight. Radiant Magic, Silver Gun. Radiant Silver Gun, for sure. Like that's a great-looking 2D games there. A lot of shooting games, a lot of arcade games that are incredible on that, on that platform. But, um, um, I actually played both versions of Grandia, actually, the Saturn and the um, PlayStation version. Oh, and uh, I, can, I can be a little bit more in-depth of it. Um, the, I actually still prefer the playstation version because the playstation version has a little bit more content yes when they brought it over they did they did update the content and i don't know if this is the case someone brought this up and it could be a total lie but 
I think that at the time, Game Arts, who was the developers of this, allegedly, and I can't find the source for this, but I saw this on a forum post, had thrown away the source code for one of the versions of Grandia. I don't know if it was the PlayStation or the Saturn version, but when you compare the screenshots from what uh, Gunho shared, so people who don't know, Grandia 2 HD, the one that, that Gunho put out a couple years ago, that's based on the PlayStation 2 version of the game. Um... This one, I think, could be based on the Saturn version of the game, like the, this new release. Um, but, it, you know, as you said, it's got less content. I imagine they could put that stuff back in. It could be like what a more but I don't know. Wasn't Grandia 2's HD version actually based off the Dreamcast version? Because was it? that's Yeah, I want to say it was. I'm going to look this up because I don't want to be completely wrong here. I'm going to, uh, pardon me for a moment here, but I'm going to just say here, let's see. I, okay, I'm having a difficult time trying to bring this up here. Honestly, it's probably something that's pretty hard to just look up in a search engine. Yeah, if someone wants to help me on this. Steam page. Right, well, oh, it is based on no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. Um, Michelle, it's that. Yes, it is based on the Dreamcast version of the game. I apologize. For some reason, I thought that was the PS2 version, but that's the one that people didn't like. So it makes some sense that that's oh, not the case. Yeah. This um, is yeah. funny. On the long page, it actually says that if you have a way to uh, bring your Dreamcast VMS save files over to your PC, it actually has support for Dreamcast save files on yes, the PC version. It does, which is pretty inc- incredible. That's amazing. That requires some hacking. <laughs> Yeah, that's the only way, unless you can dump the files on your VMU, which I do have a VMU with Grandia 2 files on it, so it'd be kind of interesting if I could get that to work and see what the process is like, but, you know, uh, I had no problem playing through Grandia 2 again, so that was not an issue. Uh, my biggest problem, uh, I mean, I, I hope we get to learn more what version it's based on and such. I imagine it'll be the PS1 version, as you said, because it's got more content, but we'll find out. You know, they just got to do with what they work at. But, um, my experience with Grandia 1 is that I got to the final boss of the game and then my brother deleted the save file because he was trying to make space for something else. And so I was not, never able to beat the game. So I'd love to go back and play through it. I'll probably beat this. Well, you can YouTube the ending now. No, I'm not. <laughs> what? Bullshit. Like, I'm not going to YouTube the ending. I'm going to beat it properly. God damn it. <laughs> uh like I, had, I, have, I have the same experience. Like I think it was like Wind Waker. I got the Master Sword. And then oh, you brother, love this ending. It's, no, it's my, very true. My, my brother beat... My, no, what happened was that my brother did it again where I got to the Master Sword, which is very close to the end of Wind Waker. And then he was trying to play The Sims. Uh, I think it was called like a big... Sims Big or something like that or in the city. I forget what it was called, but it was a GameCube Sims game. And... It needed a ton of space to make a save file, but it turns out you actually needed the expanded GameCube memory card, the like the one that had like double or quadruple the space on it in order to even play that game, which is shit. Like that, those GameCube memory cards, I forget there's like four or eight megabyte uh, memory cards. Those weren't even enough. Like the stuff that Nintendo Switch has to put up with now, with having games bigger than the hard drive, the 32 gigabytes. People were having to put up with for years. It's so garbage. You can't even save the game unless you had a bigger memory card. Unless you spend even more money. Oh, like that was. That well, makes you feel any better if you just got in the Master Sword in Wind Waker. You're pretty much only halfway through the game. No, <laughs> I got, I got like a little bit past that. So yeah, I'm sorry. What? But, you know those PlayStation One memory cards are pretty crappy though. They only have 128 
kilobytes in there. Yeah. Actually, no, I thought it was like eight, 8 megabytes was the PlayStation. Oh, PlayStation 1. I'm sorry. I was thinking PlayStation 2. Yes. Yeah. So every save data needs to be about 15 kilobytes, right? And there's some games that take two blocks and they'll be 30 kilobytes. Oh, yeah, Imagine as a programmer, <laughs> you're trying to make a save file that has to be exactly 15 kilobytes. And you wanted more than one save file. Like if you're playing an RPG and you want multiple save files, that would take up even more blocks. I loved I, I love when I got my PlayStation Three. They had the PS2 to PS3 transfer kit, which was you put your memory card into this into this uh, adapter, plug it into PS3, and you were able to transfer the saved data and use the hard drive. You had like almost limitless space to play these old games on. Like that was that was great. And I hope if Sony ever decides to add backwards compatibility, they make there's there's hopefully there's an easy way to transfer your data to that because I think that's important to have that. Still don't know what the 6.0 update for the PS4 is, by the way. It's in beta right now, and they said the big announcements will come later. It'll probably just be like, you know, PSN name change or some garbage like that. So, But we'll guess we'll find out. But moving into other news that we've got here, because we already talked about some of this stuff ahead of time. So, um, of course, Ben and Emco had announced that the Dark Souls Remastered for the Switch was delayed. Um, and that's going to be coming out on, uh, was it October 20th? October 19th. Yes. Sorry. October 19th. They also just announced the other day that Dark Souls Trilogy, which is a compilation of Dark Souls Remastered, Dark Souls 2, Scholar of the First Sin, which is the PS4 version of Dark Souls 2, um, and the more modern version, of course, on other platforms too. And Dark Souls 3, the Fire Fades edition, which is the kind of the Game of the Year edition of Dark Souls 3. Those are going to be released as a bundle with all the DLC that ever came out for those three games. And that'll also be out on October 19th, but for the PS4 and the Xbox One, not for the Nintendo and, Switch. So And wow. not in Europe, only no. in North America and maybe Japan. I'm not sure if it's also announced for Japan. Uh, yeah, it is. It's, so it's for America and Asia only, not for Europe, which is bizarre. Um, some people thought that because Gamescom was going on that it was also uh, it was like revealed at a European event. No, it was actually just an announcement that happened to coincide with the timing of the Gamescom. So, yes, this is only for America and for Asia but honestly, it's like, you know, these games are all available separately. Like, if you want the physical version of the game, it's going to be 80 bucks. It does come in a nice steelbook casing. Uh, but, you know, these games can actually be had for around 80 bucks separately anyway. So it's not like it's a huge deal. But uh, I would say that's still um, a real bit of a shame. It also for Switch owners, too, because, you know, you're getting Dark Souls Remastered. Chances are you won't get Dark Souls 2, Scholar of the First Sin, or Dark Souls 3 at any at any point. Because they probably will have moved on at that point, but it's still there it's still has a been a rumor this week that saying that at it, Dark yeah. Souls Two might be ported at least. Actually. They're looking at it, but yeah. The, like uh, yeah, there's someone who's spreading rumors about that. But honestly, it's like you know that's potentially the case. Probably won't be anytime soon. You know, it probably maybe sometime yeah. next year. Uh, so yeah, I mean, honestly, you should just play the PC versions of all three games. Like that's the best versions. You know, that's but if you don't have a PC that is capable of playing them, um. Hopefully they'll get the new Switch version because what if the Switch version of Dark Souls Remastered happens to be bad? Uh, you probably don't want to buy Dark Souls 2 on the Switch either because that'll probably be the same thing. So, you know, we have a history of them not doing great ports. So they don't <laughs> wow. have, uh, you know, someone who can fix the PC version this time. So I guess we'll find out. And for all things considered, I didn't hear great things about the Switch version of Dark Souls Remastered, which is why it was delayed. So that makes some sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that'll be out on October 19th. P- 
people want to pick that up. Uh, they only talked about the, the physical version, so it could be that the digital version of the trilogy will be cheaper because it's not a steelbook case. That tends to be more expensive by default. Um, so hopefully we'll get some news about that. Maybe it'll be 50 or 60 bucks, which will make it a way better deal. Um, and then in the, we got a couple more news pieces that we can talk about here. So, so far we've talked about a series that's been revived with Grandia, a series that's been recompiled with Dark Souls Remastered, a game that we don't know if it'll ever come out, Shenmue 3, and a game that's just going to go away, The Last Remnant. No, I love that game. Yes. Well, you better buy it now. So Square I already Enix, have it. Yeah, it was like a, again. It's been a dollar or two for the longest time. I think it was even part of a humble bundle deal, which meant like you pay like a yeah, pain. I think. Yeah, I um, remember like years ago when I first built a gaming my gaming PC in like 2013. It was like already like three bucks and fifty cents then, and it's yeah, yeah, it's ten bucks by default now on Steam anyway. But yes, so uh, just to let people know, the last remnant. Square Enix announced the other day that it's going to be delisted from Steam on September 4th. Now, they didn't give a reason for why this is happening. There's nothing really in the game that would indicate that there'd be a reason for why they would remove it, like licensing. I imagine the trademark or something like that, or the copyright is expiring, and they're like, eh, whatever. doesn't make any sense. They should just keep the game going for you know anyone who wants to buy it. I don't know why they're doing this. I hope that we get some explanation at some point, because... There's plenty of other Square Enix games that still exist out there on PC. Like, why is The Last Remnant the one happening to this? And it's even weirder because Steam recently announced that there's a bunch of Linux games that are getting support to be played. Um, like, And one of those games, aside from Nier Automata, was The Last Remnant. So, like, despite the fact that now more people have the opportunity to play it, pretty soon no one will have the opportunity to play it. Um, but also to be clear... As long as you have bought the game, you'll be able to re-download it. So it's just that if anyone wants to buy it after the fact, uh, they can't have it. It's not going to be well, a PT good. situation if you delete it. It's gone forever. It's just that, you know, you have the license and that's about it. So you got to take the gamble of not buying it and hope that they release it again. God, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Last Women HD port. Do it, Square Enix, you cowards. <laughs> consoles i don't think that's gonna happen because last one it wasn't well received at all um but yeah, pc version and that team's too busy with the romancing saga 3 remake right now yeah they got they got their hands full it's 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 kind of silly uh but it also it just goes to show that you know physical releases and emulation continue to be incredibly important while nintendo is busy shutting down rom sites games like this are getting delisted from steam so it's it's a bit I, of I love how when they announced that they were going to stop selling the game they also said oh by the way the pc physical release which i didn't even know was a thing yes it's also going to stop being sold at that point so it's like wait you're still selling the physical copy right now like i, I saw it i saw it at a best buy years ago so i'm not too shocked that that still exists but still like that's I didn't even know that was in print still, so that's also kind of shocking. I don't know. Maybe they took it well, down I mean, like the store This page. is the same company that still sells PlayStation 1 games on their online store, so I mean, you can't be too shocked. What is going on? Is it yeah, they, you could buy Chrono Cross from there, you know? It's not like, just Chrono Cross, like some other games too. Yeah, because they, they have a retro section as well, like Amazon still sells them. Um, but, like, in GameStop, obviously, but, like, you know. It's not like Gat, Gat made a, a song for this. It's not like it's going down the same problems like Crisis Core and Dirge of Cerberus, where it's like that game can't be sold on a digital storefront because Gat's a bitch. Uh, but you know, it's, 
Yo, uh, I, I imagine it's just not it's not just him, but still, like that's that's why we can't get Bujigai HD either. God damn it! Uh, but it's like it doesn't. There's no explanation for this, and I wish Squanix would at least put something up because like we've got someone on staff as a huge last remnant fan. We got others too. Hey, who's breathing into the mic? By the way. <laughs> Someone is like breathing really heavily into their microphone. Not um, me. I think it's James. Not me. Oh, yeah, no, it is you, James. It's just, it was my uh, fan blowing on when I was giving my talk a pet. Sorry. Oh, okay. Turn off your fan. Um, but yeah, uh, come on, James. I'm sweating it out in California just like you are. You have to put up with this like me. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a real shame, and I hope they they um, I hope someone else picks it up because I don't get why that happens. But I thought that was worth mentioning because Last One Minute is a is really good on PC. I mean, that, it's way better on PC than it was on 360. So if your opinion of the game is painted by the 360 version, buy it on PC where it's a lot better across the board. Well, speaking of Square Enix, they're releasing their um, million offer fighting game in Japan and consoles finally. You, anyone heard of that game? I have heard of it, and I know there's a new game coming out, and I think there was also an anime coming out, if I'm not mistaken, too. Yes. But yeah. they have uh, they finally made a console version of their fighting game, which uh, which is still import only. But they finally made a console port finally. That's awesome. I, I think they just announced new characters too, right? Yeah, they have um, some characters from uh, was it Under Night Re- Inverse? Apparently, they have Seth from there, I think. And they also have um, I don't think anyone played Second Densetsu Free here. Have yeah, they? hell yeah. Okay, well they. That ca- that game also has a lease from it if you ever played it. Okay. Or the Amazon Princess. So if you like using her, she's in it apparently. Okay. okay. Isn't that? So I'm isn't just, that... Oh, what? Sorry. I'm I'm like hearing myself through your microphone, so it's throwing me off a little bit here. But it, wasn't she also in that fighting game that came out recently? Like that other was it Blade Strangers? I forget what it's called, but it was. I think she was in, like in a different game not too long ago. So yeah, this is like a, a a practice in learning. Like, let me see here, fighting game. I could be confusing this with another. I know it's pretty hard to find any sources for this game because it's like a not really super popular fighting game, and it's Japanese only. So maybe I was thinking of Arcana Blood. It is Arcana Blood. Yeah, no, it's uh, no. I'm thinking like the game I was thinking of. Oh, it was yeah, Arcana Blood. That was it came out last year from the makers of Arcana Heart. So that makes sense. Okay, that's why I, I remember seeing her before, is because she was in that game. Yeah, but they just call it a uh, million offer because that's a that's a title, and the subtitle is Arcana Blood, right? So. Okay, that's that's what it was named in Japan as well for the arcade. So that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, I thought you were going to come up with a really cool transition for the actual bit of news that we've got here, but I guess you went into a fighting game. So they also announced with Don't Nod Entertainment, I should say, Life is Strange Two. So this is the game. That was at Gamescom, actually. Yeah. Um, I don't. I, even if it was there, like I, I don't know about you, but I would not check it out because I'd want to experience that fully and not like a blip, like a tiny bit of it. Because they put out like twenty minutes of footage. Did you look at it at all? Uh, no, because that was actually the longest line they had at the Square Enix booth. Well, good for them, Jesus. That's pretty awesome. So yeah, I mean, Kingdom Hearts was in the Microsoft Hall, so. Um, that's that's pretty big. Do you want to talk about this bit bit of news here? I don't know if you know Life is Strange 2? Oh, no, I haven't checked anything out about it because I'm going to wait till I play it. But yeah, it was there, and like people were really into it. Like The line, that was definitely the longest line at the Square Enix like section of Gamescom, so it seemed to be really well-received from what I was seeing. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, so 
Um, so the official word is that, so this will be a five episode series, kind of like the original Life is Strange. Uh, so that makes sense. Um, with the first episode will be released on September 27th for PS4, Xbox One, and PC via Steam. Uh, it'll be 40 bucks for the whole series, but you know, there'll be deals like it always been to drop that back down. Speaking of prime discount going away, that's one place you can spend your prime discount if you want to spend 40, uh, excuse me, $32. Oh, yeah, because eight bucks off of 40 bucks. So that would make sense. Yeah. So 32 instead of 40, you can do it there too. Um, but instead of going through the story of Max and Chloe, uh, and I'm happy they're doing this honestly, because people were like, there was message board, like threads about it. Like, why aren't they making this uh, using the same characters? Like, do you not remember what happened at the original Life is Strange? You cannot continue from there. It's got to move on to a different cast now. Like, there's no way that can happen. So I'm I'm glad they've moved on from that. Instead, it's it, they're still doing something different though. Uh, it's that instead this will be a story about two brothers, sixteen uh, year old Sean and nine year old Daniel Diaz, uh, who have to. This is the synopsis that they have to flee from their home in suburban Seattle. Still taken uh, to the you know the upper midwest uh, to the no- northwest, just like the original Life is Strange. I think that also took place in Seattle, if I'm not mistaken, or somewhere in Washington. Um, they had to flee from their home in suburban Seattle after a tragic event that changes their lives forever. And they show this a little bit in the trailer. Like apparently, a cop gets involved. One of the brothers has psychic powers, which is kind of cool because it's not about manipulating time now. Now someone actually straight up has like. Uh, telekinesis which is really neat like i like I, that's the stuff that I, I i get really excited about it's funny because i think that i was at thq nordic recently announced they picked up their rights to uh second sight so we're back into like this era of everyone having psychic powers which i'm totally down with um so they decide to flee to uh puerto lobos mexico um and they have to basically you know survive on their way down there so it'll test the bronze of brotherhood is what they call it so it's exciting, you know, like even if they're not going with the story of Max and Chloe, they're still doing a different story. And I like and I like the fact that they're not going with their standard uh, characters here. They're going with two young brothers. You know, it's still going to be very much like the having to deal with the issues that surround someone who's like growing up. Like two kids are obviously growing up. One is trying to act like the adult of the group and one who's going through these changes themselves and uh, not grasping the situation is what was clearly uh, portrayed in the trailer. Like, they don't know what's going on. They don't understand why they have to flee. They think they're just on a fun adventure while it's way more serious than that. So, uh, I'm excited for this. Excited for the soundtrack, too, because I, le- I, I I discovered a lot of cool new bands because of that. Um, and I'm excited for that. I don't know if either of you, any of you guys checked out Life is Strange. I know, Kazuma, you checked it out. But anybody else uh, interested in this, too? I only played the first one. Uh, which was the, um, like the first episode, yeah, with uh, Max and Chloe, uh, which is the one that that's a prequel where it's about um, the storm. Max or storm. Okay, so this isn't part of that game, no. right? This- no. So this is um. So Life is Strange was made by Don't Not Entertainment. They're making this Life is Strange too. They did not help on Before the Storm, or at least they did not make that one. So that yeah, that was a prequel. But while they were making that prequel, prequel, they were working on this one. So this is a separate story. Same universe, uh, but different cast. So, yeah, that's that's the case. So, uh, But I'm excited for more of that. So, excited about that. Uh, yeah, so that's it for this. It's been a pretty crazy podcast. Uh, it's been about, it actually ran as long as the first, as last week's did as well. So that's 
That's a, that's a good sign. Um, but let's let you guys know where you can find us. You can always find us on RPGsite.net. As mentioned, you can find uh, my review for Shenmue 1 and 2. Uh, also, we have a walkthrough of the first game all the way from start to finish. Very simplified, so it's only about the very basics about where you need to go and who you need to talk, where you need to go and where you, who you need to talk to. Uh, Kazuma, of course, your review of Yakuza Kwame 2 is up on there. We've got all the news we talked about today. Uh, and some other guides as well. People who want to check out some Monster Hunter guides. Uh, if you're interested in finding out what the major differences between Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate and Monster Hunter World are, we have a guide out there for you. Yeah, and uh, James, if, if he's able to, next week, he'll join us on the podcast to talk about Monster Hunter Generations. Because uh, that's out this week, so we wanted to give a little bit of time anyway for people to check that game out before we get too chatty about it. So um, that's mostly for you guys out there, your benefit. You can also find us on Twitter at RPG Site, our Facebook page, facebook.com slash RPG Site Net, youtube.com slash RPG Site Net. If you want to subscribe to us on that channel, that's great. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes, your favorite podcast app, just search for TetraCast. Uh, please leave a review. That's very helpful for us to get us more exposure. Even if you didn't like this podcast at all, it's great if you leave a review. It helps us even then. Uh, you can also find us on our Discord channel. Permanent Discord link is discord.me slash RPG site. Come here, uh, chat about tons of games. We've got a Monster Hunter channel. You want to join there. Talk about the upcoming Xenoblade Chronicles 2 expansion. That's looking really exciting. Reminds me I need to play that game finally. Um, yeah, so, we didn't get to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be out soon. Um, so that'll be out here. They, yeah, they had a lot of uh, more news that they showed off uh, this past week. So join us there if you want to chat about it. Lastly, I'd like to share where you can find us on Twitter. I'll pass over to Chow because tw- Chow does not have a Twitter handle. But James, <laughs> where can they find you? You can find me at the sweet at T-H-E-S-W-W-E-E-T. Okay. Where can they find you, Kazuma? At Justice Kazzy. Justice Kazzy and then an underscore. You can find a lot about Resident Evil 2 uh, blood types. <laughs> That's where you can find it. <laughs> oh my god, don't! This. No! I may or may not have retweeted your tweet about the fact that you talked about it on the podcast, so yeah, people now really... know. Yeah, that I'm out here talking about Chris Redfield's blood type? Like, I'm exposed. Mm, sorry to hear that. Uh, that's yeah. her not mine anymore. Uh, you can find me at Zach Reese. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you, James, Gazma, and Chow for being a part of this podcast. Thank you all out there for listening. And before we go, I just want to share this last piece of news. Um, so very sad news happened this morning. Um, a really good friend of the site, Michael, um, who worked for RP Gamer, uh, editor-in-chief over there, uh, he passed away earlier today. And I just wanted to you know, pass along our condolences. Our entire site, we were really good friends with him. Um, I've known him for years. And... I really wanted to do something with him before this podcast began. I we were passing ideas back and forth about how we wanted to, you know, get together and, and do something. Um, that never happened, but we still remained uh, really good friends from that point on. I chatted a lot, I learned a lot from him because uh, RP Gamer has been around a lot longer than our set has a number of years, and so I took inspiration from stuff he chatted about. He gave us some very helpful advice. Members of our site have met him in person. I never got the opportunity too but i would have loved to um so i wanted to pass on uh on behalf of the site our condolences to michael's family and loved ones and friends and fans of his work too and people who enjoyed everything he did and the rest of the staff on rp gamer um, i'm sure they're hurting right now so anyone out there listening if you want to pass on your well wishes 
he's still someone is still active on his channel and passing on word about what they want to do. From what I heard, um, they don't want people sending them anything, but please donate to your local uh, c- uh, cancer treatment charity. Um, people that are doing the research find the good fight uh, would mean a lot to him, I'm sure. And anytime you're you know you're enjoying an upcoming RPG or anything like that, you know think about him as well. I'm sure he would have been just as excited about it as anybody else. So um, on that note, once again, thank you all for listening to this podcast and catch us next week for yet another edition of the Tetracast. Bye, everyone.